yeah. Got to jam out a little bit over here. That's right. Pump it up. We are live. We are back in action. Week one is done, and we're still here for the fun. Welcome into NFL Craziness on the 3rd and 3 podcast with Tricky Nicky Gifts, The Real Deal, Damian Adams, and myself, the sports prophet, Jason Fearman. The show is presented by the Sports Column, our host website that gives aspiring sports writers a chance to show up their skills. And speaking of skills, let me introduce my teammates over here as we get the music pumping. Let's go. Tricky Nicky Gist, how we doing? I'm good. Week one. Got a lot of thoughts. Got a, got a, got a lot of tomatoes, but I'm good. Yeah, I bet you do have a lot of tomatoes. Uh, that giant game wasn't the best. We'll get into that a little bit. Damien, I know you're pretty happy with a blowout win that we'll get into as well a little bit later. But how you feeling, my man? Excited, man. You know, first week of the NFL season was a great one. Love to talk about it with my two best people to talk about it with. No doubt. No doubt. We are ready. We're ready to pump it up. The action is going. We are ready to fly. We are ready to get it happening right now. I mean, there has been a lot of injuries that we'll get to in a second over here. But to kick off neighborhood news, uh, the Buffer boys were added on Sunday night and Monday night football. Bruce and Michael Buffer, are you ready to rumble? And it's time. And it it reminded me of when... um, uh, the XFL came out and Vince McMahon came out like in the middle of the field. He's like, this is the XFL, like a big freaking WWE maniac that he was. But the Buffer <laughs> Boys got it going, ready to rock. All right. So week one in the books, we're going to talk about it. But a few things to go over. Late news that just came down, guys. Demarcus Lawrence of the Dallas Cowboys, probably their best defensive player, broke his foot in practice. And he's going to be out a couple of months now. For a defense that was struggling last year, Damian, and for a guy who wreaks havoc, you know, whether it's in the run game or in the pass game, as we know he can get after the quarterback, that really sucks for a Dallas team that we know has got the offense, but again, has to rely on the defense here. Big loss. Yeah, it's a huge loss. Um, When you look at that defense, and we'll get into how they played against Tampa Bay, they were finally looking competent. And now to take away a big weapon like that, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, it really is tough. Nikki, I know that you don't wish injury on anybody, but, uh, you know, Dallas Cowboys losing a big player over there. It makes you feel a little bit better about your division. I don't know. Um, Yeah, it's unfortunate. It happens. Yeah. Yeah, it does happen. It's unfortunate that, look, there's been a lot of injuries, like I said, and we're going to go over them uh, in a second. But I wanted to ask you guys one thing before we get into those injuries. And it's not going to be in our ranting recap where we go over our top five um, games and we go over our games as well. But um, the Eagles with a tremendous win. And now, again, it was over the Atlanta Falcons, Nikki. So, you know, take that for what it's worth. But they balled out not just offensively, but defensively as well. Do you think that maybe Jalen Hurts and that young team has got something going on or it's just, just a fabrication because it was Atlanta? Yeah, I mean, you got you have to be careful. It was Atlanta. It's not like they blew out the Chiefs or you know anything of that nature. But I don't think they look too terrible, so I'll, I'll give it to them. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, they did a really good job. Jalen Hurts. Yeah. You know, we talked about the three Alabama quarterbacks that came out. He may have played the best out of all of them. Uh, he really balled out, Damian. So I don't know, Atlanta, Atlanta. You know, Philadelphia looked really good, but. 
again, it was against those Falcons that you love so much. So what do you think? Do you think it was just, okay, Atlanta, or do you think that, you know, the Eagles actually got something going on over here? Uh, yeah, we have to wait and see with this one. Uh, Atlanta looked horrible. So it'll be different if it was like Atlanta played well and then Eagles pulled it out and also played well. But with Atlanta looking like that, you have to wait and see. Yeah, it kind of makes you think why they didn't draft the quarterback. There were five of them there to take, and they didn't take one. And I thought the right move would have been that right there. Take a quarterback. Because Matt Ryan did not look good. And it's not like he's got a lack of weapons over there. I know they're not world beaters on offense. But to put up six points at home against the Eagles, who were trash last year, I don't know. That's definitely a cause for concern. Uh, more cause for concern is my 49 is Raheem Mostert out eight weeks, maybe more. I hope not. Jason Verrett out for the season. So we went ahead to try to replace Verrett with Dre Kirkpatrick. If you guys can remember, you know, former cornerback of the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. And we got Carrion Johnson, who played for the Lions a couple of years ago, to add into that backfield with James Hasty. And, uh, you know, Elijah Moore came in but and did a great job. So um, that's awesome. But uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick going out. All right, Nikki, I know that Washington was your team in the East, but I feel like Taylor Heineke came in and maybe gave him a little spark. They lost the game, but I feel like he did a better job than what Fitzpatrick was doing because he looked like crap in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, he didn't look great, but, oh, man. No, I hope I hope they have a bad game tomorrow. I know they're my <laughs> pick, true. but <laughs> I need them to have a bad game. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. I'm sure you want to have a bad game. I totally understand that right there. Uh, D, you and I weren't as big, obviously, on Fitzpatrick. He's up and down and everything like that. But what do you think about Taylor Heineke coming in? And we only saw, you know, limited uh, second half action. But what do you think about him? Uh, yeah, it's, you know, he was fine. Uh, you know, somebody who <laughs> he came, yeah, he came in and did okay. Uh, yeah, you're right about Fitzpatrick. We weren't super big on him because of his inconsistency. Uh, so we'll see going forward. We'll see quickly uh, what the adjustment, what, you know, what's going to happen, but we'll have to see. Cause I can't really grade too much off that. Yeah. I understand that. I mean, the one thing he does is obviously add more mobility to a 58 year old Ryan Fitzpatrick. So that <laughs> can be something that can help out a little bit. Uh, the Raiders, uh, they had a big win on Monday night. We'll get into, but they lose Gerald McCoy. He's out for the season on that defensive line. Bad news. Another one out for the season is the third round pick from two seasons ago for the Detroit Lions. Jeffrey Okuda tore his Achilles. Bad news right there. Jerry Judy out four to six weeks. I think this has an impact on Denver because this is a long time and they're not a team that again, is great on offense, and they need a guy like Jerry Judy, Damian, I think, in order to add to what you know Melvin Gordon brings, whether it's Cortland Sutton and Noah Fant and whatnot. But I don't think that they're good enough maybe to get over that. I think they really need Judy bad, and I think this may hurt them. What do you think? Yeah, it definitely may hurt them when you look at how Judy was playing before he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, looking at the injury, it looked worse than what it was. I thought it was going to be season-ending uh, when I saw it. But, you know, so hopefully he gets back and he can be back soon. I know high ankle sprains can linger. You know, you're looking at a Saints fan, Michael Thomas. High ankle sprain is how I started. Uh, so we're still <laughs> we're still dealing with it. Um, so you definitely want to make sure he takes care of that and doesn't come back too soon and takes care of it. Um, but that definitely will affect them. But they do have other weapons. I like Tim Patrick. Um, I like some of the other wide receivers they have there. So I think they'll be able to make do 
especially if that defense continues to play like that. Yeah, the defense definitely had a good game, as Nikki knows about, and she was probably watching Jerry Judy very closely as he was doing uh, his thing. He had four catches for 62 yards, I think it was, before he went out with that injury. Um, Nikki, you know I have Denver as a playoff team, so that kind of hurts me a little bit right there. How bad does it hurt Denver, in your opinion? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty bad. That did look gruesome, though. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad for him that it's not as bad as it looked because I'm watching it, and it just looked like – it. Oh, God, it just like his leg went like completely the other way. So uh, I'm happy for him. It, it's not as terrible as, as it appears to be. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. You, we, again, we never wish injuries on anybody. That's the last thing that we do. So we obviously hope that uh, things get better uh, for him, even though Denver did go ahead and beat Nikki's Giants. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Just finishing out neighborhood news over here, the Jets. Not that they had too many freaking problems already, but their big left tackle, Makai Becton, from a couple of years ago where they drafted, he's out four to six weeks. Michael Gallup goes on the IR. And I want to finish up neighborhood news with this. Damian and I, we know a linebacker who unfortunately had passed away. He played for both of our teams, the Niners and the Saints. Paris Harrelson at 37 years old, Damian. And we still don't know what it was, but at 37 years old, and all I kept reading was about how much the 49ers locker room loved him and how much of a tragedy this is. And we don't know what it is yet. And the same thing out of the Saints locker room. So he was a beloved player. So this is tough on a lot of players right now. Definitely, yeah. Everything I've heard from the Saints is how loved he was as a teammate. Yeah, uh, You just hate to see this at such a young age, man. So much life left to live and gone at 37. So rest in power to him and our prayers and condolences go out to his family. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nikki, not that I have to, you know, regardless of a football player or not, 37 years old. I mean, shit, I'm 41. I, I can't even imagine it. It's just, it, it, it's scary. It can happen to anybody at any time. That's why we got to be so safe no matter what we do. And again, I don't know what happened, but 37 years old, Nikki, way too young. No, and considering I just turned 37 like two <laughs> weeks ago, like that really, you know, hits home. I just, uh, I don't know. I'll be interested to see what. I mean, I hope it's not COVID because that's that's just scary, you know. Yeah, we don't have you know that uh, people's minds go immediately to like, oh, he must have OD'd or well, it's always an OD, but right. you just you don't know. There's a deadly virus out there, so we don't know. We don't know. We we really don't know if he had any underlying issues, you know, whatever right. it is. But it it it's definitely a tragedy. Such a young age and terrible. So um, yeah, like Damien said, our condolences out to the family and friends and. You know, everybody who loved them. So uh, we get it over here at third and three. We definitely uh, give our shout outs and our condolences when we have to. All right, let's try to cheer it up and circle over here to applause and tomatoes before we get into our records, our ranting recap, a freaky fantasy draft. We have a whole lot of fun for you guys coming up right now. So let's get into it. Applause and tomatoes time. Nikki, kick it off. <laughs> so I've ranted about this before. Um, so I know on the show, our show, we will officially close week one in a little bit and head into week two. But mainstream sports media has moved on to week two already. And I am so tired of this narrative that's being pushed that the Ravens and the Chiefs are rivals. They're not rivals. This is a like man-made rival. This is something that the media is pushing. They are not rivals. I cannot stand when storylines are pushed just to watch a game. Guess what? We're going to watch a game anyway. Pat Mahomes is playing. Lamar Jackson was the MVP. We're going to watch the game. 
you know, to me, a rival is like, okay, Maryland Duke, that's a rival. That did not mm -hmm. come because the media pushed it. Um, and so I did, I know I said this last time, but I just want to give everybody out there the true definition of a rival. Okay. So the definition of a rival is a person or a thing competing with one with another for the same objective for superiority in the same field or activity. The Chiefs have beat the Ravens since Mahomes has played. They're three and out. That's not like that's domination to me. And furthermore, a rival means your peers, correct? Pat Mahomes doesn't have any peers. I think you got to go to like an all time great to you know, try to find his peer. So to the sports media, please stop pushing this narrative. It is not a true rival and I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. Look, I mean, true rivals usually come in divisions. I understand that, but you can see maybe even like players have rivals like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, you know, that was a rival Indian new England back in the day, even though they weren't in the same division they were at one point, but then they split it up. But uh, yeah, I, I get you. I, look, when it's one sided, it's and not reliable. It's one-sided, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So far, it's been. So I'm with you. I agree. That I'll throw. I'll throw tomatoes at the. Yeah, they're on what? They're on Sunday night football this weekend. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, it's it's the big rival. No, it's not. It's no, not. A it's rival. just it's just a good game that we it's want to see, like you said. You. It's a yeah. good game. Yep. I'm with you. Well, hopefully it will be a good game. We'll see. We'll see. Because uh, they both play good games over the weekend. No, that one, one, one lost. Damien, your tomatoes for the week. He's As you can up. see. He's got all I'm the warming, <laughs> warming up. Making sure the shoulder is right. Don't want to get any yeah. elbow tendinitis because I got a lot of tomatoes to throw. Oh. I'm throwing my tomatoes at the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, Jason. They scored six points. All I've been hearing all offseason. They're getting Arthur Smith. He's such an offensive genius. He's going to turn this team around. Watch what he does with Kyle Pitts. They play against the Philadelphia Eagles and score six points. Six? <laughs> six. Yeah. Matt Ryan threw the ball 35 times. 35 times and had 164 yards. 35 times and had 164 yards. This is the offense I'm supposed to be scared of in yeah. Atlanta? Really? <laughs> This offense, and of course, you can't make this up. Of course, Matt Ryan gets sacked three times for a loss of 28 yards. You can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up. So the curse is definitely still there. They suck. That's what's wrong with the Falcons. They stink. They suck. You're going to suck. You're going to stink. And you're going to go probably like 4-13 and 13 this year. So welcome to your season, Atlanta. You get all these tomatoes at your ugly uniforms and your ugly stadium and your ugly offense and your ugly defense and get them off the field. Huge fan, obviously, of the Atlanta Falcons, the way he's talking about them right there. My goodness. <laughs> yep. Well, they deserve every bit of it. They had to be the worst team in the NFL on Sunday. They had, they had to be. They were just god-awful yeah. everywhere. They really were. And they let a bunch of kids beat the crap out of them. That's what really happened. Yeah. You know, old Matt Ryan just watching. He says, oh, my God. Jeez, what am I going to do over here? Yep. Should have drafted a quarterback, like I said. All right. My, Matt Ryan? Just Matt Ryan? I think How he's 36, 37. Yeah, I would oh. say 36 or 37, somewhere around there. Yeah. I'm sure one of us will look it up at some point. <laughs> <All right. laughs> <Good job. laughs> 
Yeah, exactly right. He can say information quickly. All right. Yeah, my tomatoes goes out because I saw this several times, and I've seen it throughout the career of the NFL. When the quarterback goes like this in the home stadium and he's telling the crowd to shh, that's what he wants. We all know it by now. But those idiots get louder and louder and louder. Like, I don't understand what the hell the logic is behind this thing. We know that the quarterback is quieting them down so they can understand the cadence, call the plays, call out the Mike linebacker, all that sort of stuff. And the crowd just gets louder and more excited. Like, he's waving them on, not shushing them down. He's, like, waving them on. Like, they don't get the arm movements over here. So the fans need to understand when you're at a home game, you need to shut the fuck up for a few minutes over here and let them call the damn plates. Let them figure it out because waving the arms thing over here is not trying to get you to fly like birds and not trying to get you to get your noise up. It's trying to get you to calm down. The only guy I ever saw that really successful with was Peyton Manning. He got everybody to shut the hell up in Indianapolis. It was amazing. He went like this. Everybody's like, "Uh, okay, let's just see what's going to go on over here. Let's see that. But no, these other court, it just doesn't work for them. So that's where my my tomatoes goes. I saw it over the weekend several times, sort of Monday Night Football, and I just don't get it. When are the fans going to figure this out? I don't well, know. Vegas so, is terrible. Yeah. My question is, in the Vegas game, was that Raiders fans or was that Baltimore Ravens or Raiders fans or Baltimore Ravens Ooh. fans? Well, because in that- Vegas, I feel like they're going to have a lot of games where it's 50-50 because so many people come into town. They're like, they're going to make this their vacation where they go to Vegas to watch their team yeah. play. Because we were going to do it last year. If it wasn't for the pandemic, we would have went for the Saints game. So no you're definitely going to have a lot of fans go there for that game. I don't think their home field advantage is going to be really good at all. No, honestly, hmm. you'll, have, you'll probably have people who are fans. I mean, you might get Giants fans there who are in Vegas. You might get no fans. Yeah. Like somebody does a casual fan, I'm like, yeah, let's go to a game and let's just like yell and, you know, get drunk yeah. and be sloppy. Yeah. Well, that's kind of yeah. what Raider fans really are. Yeah. Raider but fans, Raider fans even though they're crazy, when they were in Oakland, when the offense is on the field, they'll be quiet. So I'm thinking it was a mixture of both probably drunk, casual fans, like Nikki said, and Baltimore Ravens fans that are there. I don't think that home for the Vanger Vegas is going to be good at all. Mm, maybe not. Well, I guess it treated them a little bit right in the friend the first week, and that game was so damn crazy. Yeah. We'll go over it in a little yeah, while. That was nuts. <laughs> Bing! Crazy. <laughs> totally freaking nuts, the things that I saw. just That's the NFL. That's what's beautiful about it. You just see things every week that you're like, what? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about it. Um, the people out there already know. My quick applause I'm giving to a show that I did not think was coming back. But it is. And, I, you know, it was because of the pandemic for the most part and all that sort of stuff. But it's been a couple of years now. The last OG with Tracy Morgan is back October 26th. And let me tell you guys, if you haven't seen it, it is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Tracy Morgan is just classic Tracy Morgan. Like, what are you talking? He freaking just absolutely... (laughs) He is unbelievable. And, you know, they curse like hell on that show, you know, especially if you watch it on Netflix or whatever. And I kind of enjoy that. You know, I'm not going to lie over here. But that show really is just awesome. And it teaches you, like, really cool lessons, too, but in a comedic way. So I'm so glad that show is coming back because I laugh every time I see it. And if you haven't seen it, whether it's you two or anybody listening out there, I recommend you go watch the first three seasons and season four, October 26th. Get your ass on the TV and watch that. You will not be disappointed. Damien, you yeah, seen I'm that gonna... show? 
Yeah, I'm a big fan of the show. I've watched yeah. it on. That's the only reason I ever turn on my TBS app. I don't watch anything else on TBS. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I definitely enjoy the show a lot. You're right. It's hilarious. Oh. Um, him and Tiffany Haddish definitely make a good combination for the comedy. Yeah. And Tiffany actually shows a serious side and has, like, serious moments in there where she's showing yes. her acting chops as well. Um, yeah. So I like the show a lot, man. It's a good story. So in the cursing, I know Nikki would like. So I think you'll like the show. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, I, you you will love. You would just love this show. I promise you. Get into it. You will be laughing your ass off. I promise you. No doubt about it. All right, time for your applause, D. So for my applause, I'm gonna give it to both Peyton and Eli Manning. Uh, watching the game with those two doing the commentary was hilarious. Uh, Peyton Manning putting on the helmet and then trying to go through the cadence with the helmet on and the helmet was too small. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Eli's like, of course, the default the helmet they have in the studio is not going to fit you. you. You know you need a special <laughs> helmet. <laughs> um, but I love how they brought in guests like Travis Kelsey was good. Uh, Russell Wilson was really good on the show as well. They made fun of how uh, Sierra had on the whole dress at the Met Gala. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah, uh, she had on the Russell Wilson dress and she wore the Super Bowl ring yep. that, of course, Peyton was the victim of. So, so it was hilarious <laughs> to see that. And he's talking about, oh, is she wearing the ring that I wanted? Oh, yep. this is just <laughs> insult to injury. Um, but yeah, it was, and it was also very good just football insight, like times where they broke down what the quarterback would say, what the coach would say, different defenses. And you could tell the passion they still have. Like there was a moment at the end of the game where Peyton is like gripping onto his football. Like he's in the game, like he wants to, like he wants to say Omaha, Omaha so bad and snap the ball and throw it. So yeah, I'm going to watch those two on Monday Night Football the rest of the year. Like it was hilarious. Let me me ask you a question because I I didn't want. I watched the regular broadcast. Um, did they have did they have the whole game on while they were doing their commentary? Did they miss it? Did they like miss plays? How did they do it? You know, they had the game on the whole time. Like it just had on the side of the screen. You saw them watching the game. Pretty much, it was like us watching the game. Like if we did it watching the game was pretty much but you know of course it's a hall of famer and a not hall of famer watching <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay we'll see about oh, that man. <laughs> you, okay, you took a shot in. and you went for it man that, that 20 minutes in. <laughs> uh nikki we should have saved your tomatoes damn it too bad <laughs> no, i wish i had like a little oh. Yeah, right. One of them, like the Nerf guns that squirts out freaking tomatoes for thump, 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 thump all over the freaking place. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Let's close it out with your applause, Nikki, before we get into the craziness. Yeah. No, let's do the craziness. I have the same applause as uh, as Damien. That was epic. I will never uh-huh. watch the regular Monday Night <laughs> broadcast ever again. It reminded me of us so much. It was yeah really really funny and the fact that just you just have they basically roasted each other and <laughs> then they had ray lewis on right and they're talking about eli's you know rookie year his oh, quarterback was rating was zero yeah. for zero with ray lewis and ed reed it was just friggin' hysterical so you know i saw people out there oh wow well, they don't do play by play no they're giving you better they're giving you inside stories like who so oh man go back and watch i think it was a jim harbaugh ordered a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at a meeting or something like you've <laughs> got to watch it because you're gonna get better stories than like yeah. we don't need the play by play it's in front of us i can see what's going on so yeah no i think they're doing uh 10 games this year so I anticipate right. next year they'll probably do more. 
Yeah, well, no, it was really dope. The Ray Lewis part was really funny because they told the story about how Eli, his rookie year, didn't know who the Mike line, the Mike linebacker was. He was like, he called out somebody as a, the Mike, and Ray was like, "I'm the Mike." He was like, "Okay, yeah, you're the Mike." <laughs> Let me help you out. Said, yeah. And then he said, like, Andy Reid came from the back. He was like, no, I want to be the Mike. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. But you know, what? this was to show, like, you know, chemistry is important. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. That is pretty definitely. All right, you guys got me. I'm definitely watching it next week. I will surely yeah. be watching it. I just, I, th- I didn't. Th- not like I thought they were going to ruin the, the game or anything like that, but I just wanted to d- watch the game and just be enveloped into it and everything. But yeah. I, I can see. All right, all right. I'm going to check that out. That should be cool. All right, that's applause and tomatoes for this week. There'll be more next week, as always. We got them over here on Third and Three Podcast, and now we're ready to kick your ass with the ranting recap. But before that, our records from last week. Now, week one. It's tough, all right? It so was rough, It was a rough week. Oh, my <laughs> God. Damian, it, it, yeah, for some of us, it definitely was. It definitely was. Um, but, Damien, you triple locked, which is a beautiful thing, and you went 10 for 6 in week one. That's pretty damn good. I'm not going to lie. Nice. That's ten. So you went 10 for 6, so that is pretty good. Nice start. I went 9 for 7, uh, but I only double locked because of that Tennessee game, which we'll be ranting about very shortly. <laughs> Nikki, I hate to say it, but – Look, we have to be fair. We're on air. Now, you did triple lock, so congratulations there. Okay. But you got like a New York Giants record at 6-10 and 10 for week one. So. Wow. Why are you guys coming for me? You know what? That's bad juju. Now you're both going to lose this week. going to break their ankle and their ACL. So keep it coming. That's bad sports juju. But go ahead. Keep on. Go ahead. Yep. All right. Well, shots are going to be taken. You know, we're, 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 we give it to each other over here. Because I got karma on my side. <laughs> she doesn't forget. Well, we'll see about that tomorrow night when they play uh, Washington. Listen, I'm not the one talking trash about my team. I got nothing to talk about. With no, you don't. I got a lot, but nothing good. Zip. Zip. You have absolutely nothing to say. You know, you're going to have to wait a long time for that one once they get rid I of Daniel Jones. So. Wow. I don't, should I, I'm just going to exit today because this is. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we still got knowledge with Nikki where you rip me every single week. So don't yeah. worry about that. Yeah, we're still you're definitely gonna get your revenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's gonna be changing the I questions. Just everybody know this is like doing a show, and I have a brother. This is like adding two extra brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's all out of love, as long as you know oh, it's I all know. Love. I know it is. <laughs> L-O-V-E, but L-V. One on Monday night football, 33 to 27 in overtime against the Baltimore Ravens. That game was crazy. Let's talk about it. Vegas is the greatest. It was a pretty win. Not as pretty as me. All right. I'll tell you that. But the Raiders knocked him out like I did Joe Frazier. So you know what? That's pretty good. <laughs> Had to do a little lolly right there. It just kind of came in my head. Vegas is the greatest. Something just popped in. But all right. So that game was freaking sick, guys. All right. Baltimore had, you know, the lead 14 nothing. They were looking good. Ra- you know, Raiders come back, start getting the passing game together. Derek Harns are throwing for like 435 yards. But let's just talk about the end of that game. All right. Okay. So Two great kick, you know, two great kicks. Justin Tucker puts him up 27-24 with only like 42 seconds left. The Raiders get the ball back. They make two big passes. Their kicker, Carlson, I think, if I'm getting the name right, he kicks a 53-yarder or whatever it was. Overtime we go to, all right, back and forth a little bit. Lamar Jackson having his fumble issues. The Raiders throw a big bomb to Brian Edwards. They think it's a touchdown. 
They go freaking nuts. Everybody's on the field. The players are shaking hands. But wait a minute. Hold on a second. Let's call mm-hmm. it back. He was not in. He was down at the one-yard line. His knee went down. And in true Raider fashion, those schmucks, all right, and I have to blame it on their rookie, Alex Leatherwood, their right tackle, who went offside, knocked him back five freaking yards, and of course Derek Carr throws an interception. I mean, you got to be kidding me. Right in the end zone over there. Unbelievable. But, D, as you know, the Raiders get the ball back because Lamar Jackson couldn't hold on to it, and then that bomb to Zay Jones at the end with an all-out blitz and a roughed-up secondary for Baltimore, and I'm taking that as a big part away from the game, D, that Baltimore's secondary, other than Marlon Humphrey, is in big freaking trouble. Well, yeah, you lost, you know, Marcus Peters right before the start of the season, you know, along with every running back. So, like, it's just been it's been really rough on the Baltimore Ravens going into the year. But one thing I didn't understand, right, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, right? Uh-huh. For NFL, it should be the opposite. On the defense, you can't show the quarterback the same thing over and over again and expect the same result. They're going to figure it out. So it's insane to think that you could do the same thing over and over again and ha- have Derek Carr eventually or the offense eventually figure it out. Yeah. We saw the zero blitz. We saw the tough man-to-man coverage. They're going to figure it out eventually how to beat this. And you kept doing it. And then, like, towards the end there, they just kept beating it. Like, what are you doing? Do something different. Like, I understand zone isn't their forte. Okay, play man with help over the top. Right. Like, you can do something different than just all out blitz. Maybe you could blitz five. You can, you know, send five or send six and still they have knew they weren't running the ball. They knew they weren't running the ball. So what the yeah. hell? You know what I'm saying? So why are you putting everybody in the box like that? It didn't make any sense. No, it was crazy to me that they kept doing that. And you're like, okay, eventually they got speed. Like the wide receivers weren't really getting open all game. And that's one of the reasons it took a while for Derek Carr to get going. But eventually, you know, secondary is going to get tired. You're going to have plays where they get enough time. And you have speeches like Ruggs out there. You have Darren Waller out there. You can't expect your secondary to just continue holding up in man-to-man coverage with no help over the top. And you're putting them to where they have to play press coverage with no help over the top. Yeah. At least I'm go off a little bit to where you give them some room where they can maneuver. It just didn't make sense to me at all. So that part for me for Baltimore, I really, you know, some more tomatoes being thrown at the defense yeah. coordinator for doing that. Like it didn't make any sense to me. No, it didn't make sense. The true definition of insanity, Nikki, because they kept doing it over and over again. And like I said, Eric Carr threw for 435 yards. I mean, you got to figure it out at some point. And again, they weren't running the ball. So Baltimore is, Definitely got their issues offensively and now defensively, especially in the secondary. But at the end of that game, I, it, it, you, you really, it's like the Stanford, like the band is on the field kind of thing. It was just absolutely unbelievable when they thought that they scored. Everybody's going freaking crazy. And now you got to run that whole thing back. Like all that energy, it's like, oh, we finally won. We're good. The game is over. Nope. Got to run back out on the field and do it all over again. And, of course, they screw it up, but they get lucky in the end. Oh, let me tell you, I was not sure my new table from Crate and Barrel was going to make it through the night. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was a rough, it was a rough one. Um, I will say this about the Ravens, since every running back and player and everybody got hurt, they literally had zero, nobody played with each other. Right. And that was about like as messy as you could probably expect it to be. What I found funny about this game was I feel like you truly could say both teams played 
good enough to win and bad enough to lose. Like it was just yeah. so that's odd to me. It was so weird, but you know, they go and blow it. And I think overall, I would say, let me see. So Lamar, I thought it was pretty efficient through the air, completed 19 of 30, uh, 235 yards. He added 12 carries for 86 rushing yards. So I thought for him, he was efficient through the air, but um, I think the, unfortunately they have Kansas city, but I, I just, I feel for them because I don't think that team, obviously none of them got to play. They have like an all pro practice squad. Like, you know, like <laughs> none of them, none of them got to play with each other. So, uh, and, but I was surprised about the Raiders defense. I thought they were pretty impressive for what I thought was going to show up. Max Crosby was a monster that game. He was all over the place. He was disrupting that offensive line. Carlos Villanueva, who came over from Pittsburgh, that was a bad move. Oh, that, that was not good. And they, they need to bench this guy immediately because he is causing problems over there at the right tackle position. So, uh, yeah, no good, no good. So Baltimore getting a week one loss. They looked like they were going to win. Uh, I'm with you with Lamar Jackson. He, had, he was throwing the ball to Marquise Brown pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. he, he, Sammy Watkins caught a couple of nice passes. And, of course, Lamar Jackson running the ball. It's, it's Michael Vick-esque, there's no doubt, or maybe even better. I mean, it really is that amazing. But if you're not going to hold on to the ball – and you're going to turn it over, you're going to have problems, even against a team like the Raiders. So we know that's going to happen. All right, so that was the Monday Night Football game. We had another overtime game, Cincinnati-Minnesota. Minnesota ends up kicking a field goal late to send it into overtime. Dalvin Cook, Damian, fumbling the ball, ruining Minnesota's chances. We've seen it a lot. We saw punch outs, you know, you know, throughout the weekend, but – Man, when you're the top running back in the game, you got to hold on to that ball, secure that, and get your ass in the field goal range. Yeah, definitely. You can't have that happen. That is uh, just no excuses for that no. at all. Um, so Dalvin Cook definitely, he's going to bounce back and perform well. He was shut down pretty much this whole game, 20 carries for 61 yards. Yeah, that's right. um, He also did have 43 yards receiving. So overall, it looks good. Like his fantasy numbers look good. But as far as a rushing attack, you want to have more than that on 20 carries. So when that happens, that means you got Kirk Cousins throwing the ball 49 times. We all know that isn't the strategy that you want with Kirk Cousins at QB. No. Uh, so for me, I was really impressed by Cincinnati. I did pick them in this game. Yes, you did. And I was impressed by the way that they came out there and had such a balanced attack. You look at Joe Burrow with 261 yards, two touchdowns. Joe Mixon, 127 yards rushing. Just with it. Uh, that's Nikki's man right there, Joe Mixon, right? Yeah. Um, balling out. Uh, he did his thing, and you gotta give a you know, give a big shout out to Jamar Chase catching the ball, not dropping it. 101 yards, yeah. one touchdown there. Uh so the Bengals, man, I think they're gonna be very, very feisty this year, like we predicted. Yeah, Jamar Chase's big thing, why he had the big drops, is because he couldn't find the seams of the ball in college. We know that they have the white seams around the ball, easier to find. In the NFL, you have to find the actual seam. There's no white, you know, on the mm -hmm. ball to show you where it's coming from. So you got to, you know, find it. So looks like he got it together, obviously. So Nikki, how impressed yeah. are you with the Bengals? I listen, I said this was going to be the surprise team of the year. I'm kicking myself yeah. because I was like, oh, you should take them, Nick. And then, you know, I didn't because I'm like, all right, Cincinnati, Minnesota is going to go off. But I, I'm not surprised. This is about like what I expected. And I really do think some people are going to find, um, they'll find it shocking, but we won't because we said that they're 
going to be a lot better than people think or we're going to give him credit for. I'm happy. I love Joe Burrow. I love to see that kid win. He gets so fired up when he wins. Like, I just love to see it. Love to see, like, happy quarterbacks, grateful to play, unlike some quarterbacks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Well, yeah, he definitely loves the game, and he goes all out. And who else went all out? The biggest blowout, well, not the biggest blowout of the weekend, but maybe the biggest surprise of the weekend by the score. And we all had this one wrong, and I'm even more embarrassed because I picked the Titans to go to the fucking Super Bowl. Arizona, <laughs> 38-13. I mean, we can go on and on. The, the defense was the story. Even though the offense was great and Kyla Murray had five touchdowns altogether, one rushing, four throwing Damian. But Chandler Jones, five sacks, forced fumbles. I mean, it was it was a romping. And I, look, I don't think anybody saw that coming. I'm sure people picked the Cardinals to win, but maybe by a field goal. I mean, not a blowout like this. So does this tell you more that Arizona's really stepped up their game, especially on the defensive side? And Kyla Murray's definitely coming into his own after having that shoulder injury last year. Or is Tennessee confused and really need to figure their stuff out, not just offensively, but defensively too, because Derrick Henry didn't do his thing. I think it's a combination of both. Uh, Defensively is where Tennessee struggled last season. So I wasn't surprised to see them struggle in this game, especially with a a healthy Kyler Murray. Like when Kyler Murray is healthy and can run along with passing, it makes their offense so dynamic. Where Arizona ran into trouble last year is once that running was taken away, he got nicked up with injuries. They had to just depend on him just passing the ball and your normal quote unquote way of running the ball. They weren't able to make adjustments. And that's why I'm not a big Kingsbury guy. Cause I feel mm-hmm. like he is depending on the brilliance of Kyler Murray instead of coaching and making him better um, for, as far as the Cardinals defense, I was watching this game and I was just like, where do you go? Like, it seemed like they had 20 guys on the field. There was nowhere <laughs> for the Titans to go at all uh ryan Tannehill, i felt like was probably looking like kevin hart help me (laughs) help me because every time he snapped the ball he was getting hit it was so crazy so fast he had he had no shot he had no shot to play well in this game you definitely can't blame him uh the offensive lineman came out and said Chandler jones spanked my butt pretty much (laughs) like i I need to get better uh that was it was nasty man and jj watt looked good like he looked like spry and like he's you know got that youthful energy like he's been spending time in scottsdale so he looks like he's good to go so i think that the cardinals show that the nfc west is going to be very 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 interesting this year because you got four legit teams yeah and all four of them won over the weekend every single one of them so we know and uh i think uh the AFC West won all their games as well, if I'm not mistaken, with the Raiders too. Yeah, so that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But, um, I mean, yeah, Nikki, uh, you know, going to this game, Arizona, Tennessee. What I want to ask you is, you know, after watching that and knowing what Kyla Murray is capable of, do you, it's only week one. So, you know, it's crazy to talk MVP, but do you think that he is MVP caliber after what you saw and knowing what you know of him in the past? Yeah, no, he could be. I mean, he's got – quite a bit of competition, but if he plays like that and consistently improves with his game over and over and over, yeah, I could see that. But listen, like you said, Jay, it is week one. I'm not going to say I told you so about the Titans, but. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did shake your head at me with that one. I know, I know. And both of your Super Bowl teams did win uh, in Tampa Bay and Kansas City. And uh, yeah, but 
Mine did not do well at all. Just Green Bay and Tennessee. Oh my God, it's so embarrassing Green already. Bay. Like let, I just let's just go to that. That's the only one that matters. <laughs> <laughs> I was sick, and, and we're definitely going to get to that. But before that, let's do Pittsburgh-Buffalo, where Buffalo, you know, had the game in control. They weren't playing great offensively. I think it was 10 nothing at halftime. Yeah. But Mike Tomlin, again, I say it, if not every week, every other week on this show, he's one of the best freaking coaches in the NFL. He is amazing. And he made the right halftime adjustments defensively and offensively. T.J. Watt got after it, and then all of a sudden they're throwing the ball all over the place. And Ajay Harris did not have a big game. Um, didn't really expect him to against that Buffalo defense, but Deontay Johnson, man, making plays and Chase Claypool making plays and Ben Roethlisberger and Nikki looking pretty good. Again, getting the ball out quick, doing what they have to do and playing sound defense. I don't know. Maybe, you know, we were a little short on Pittsburgh. Now, we didn't say they were going to be horrible, but we all did leave them out of the playoffs and they look pretty damn good against a team that we a lot of us expect to go deep into the playoffs, if not the Super Bowl. Yeah, no, they did. I feel like, you know, I feel like Mike Tomlin heard us and he was like, take that haters. Like I should never underestimate a Mike Tomlin led team. I just wasn't really sure what we were going to get in Pittsburgh. Like what was this offense going to look like? Is this defense going to go back to what it was? So, I mean, yeah, it's tough to judge off of one week, but I mean, yeah, so far I'm more concerned about Buffalo. What the hell was that? I don't know. I mean, look, they're going to have to get a running game going, Damian, yeah. in order to sustain this. Uh, they, look, they got – I don't want to say lucky, but their passing game was tremendous last year. Their offensive line held up. Josh Allen was running the ball. But they're going to have to get a running game going because I don't know that Cole Beasley and then Emmanuel Sanders are going to be the answer up, you know, opposite side Stephon Diggs. The crazy thing is it wasn't like they ran the ball bad in this game. Uh, they just went away from it. And it's something for me that just doesn't make sense when you don't want your quarterback to throw his arm out. So why are you throwing the ball 50 times a game? Like it's going to add up eventually, right? Even though Josh Allen is young and we know he has a cannon for an arm yeah. and he's you know not really human when it comes to that. You don't want your guy throwing the ball that much. Uh, and for Buffalo, I think this game is just going to be a wake-up call offensively for them to get more balance and for them to clean some things up. It's week one. Like Nikki always says, the first few weeks of the season is the extension of the preseason, and you're trying to yeah. figure it out. And you can tell what teams were more prepared and played more in the preseason than others coming into week one as well. Uh, Buffalo or Pittsburgh, excuse me, their defense went healthy. We see what it can do and how amazing it is. I think at the end of the year, what we're going to be saying about Pittsburgh is only if they had an offense. They, had, they made some plays, but offensively they were not good at all in this game. Uh, ben Roethlisberger ended the game with 188 yards yeah, passing. Yeah. Uh, it was so he definitely didn't light it up. Uh, it was very short pass. Like his famous Winston only threw for like 150 yards, so we're going to get to that. So yeah. let's not talk about yardage over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a difference when you throw five touchdowns, though. Yes, but that's for, true. <laughs> for for Roethlisberger. It the offense just looked like it did last year. Like it was very you know short passes, everything right in front of you. If that's going to be the offense, you're not going to have open lanes for Najee Harris because the offense isn't, the defense isn't worried about anybody going deep. So you don't have safeties in the back, but safeties are up here. So Najee Harris, as great as he is, isn't going to be able to beat those fronts when the safeties are in the box. Hmm. So I think that they're going to have problems offensively, and I still stick by them ending up like 8-9, somewhere around there, because their defense is going to be good enough to get them 7-8 wins. But in this league, you need an offense, and I don't think that offense is good enough to win on a consistent basis. 
Yeah, well, I, I definitely think this game said more about Pittsburgh, especially their defense, than it did about Buffalo. I think that we all believe that Buffalo is going to get right. They'll get this stuff together. We'll talk about their week two matchup in a little while. Um, but Pittsburgh um, definitely surprised a lot of people. Again, on the road in Buffalo. Not that they had traveled too far, but they did win the game. So not bad. Uh, classic game over the weekend, Kansas City versus Cleveland, where Cleveland was dominating the game. You know, Nick Chubb running the ball, Kareem Hunt doing his thing, getting back at his old team, Baker Mayfield making a few plays. They're up 22 to 10 at one point. And then, of course, Patrick Mahomes is throwing the ball all over the place. He runs all the way over to the sideline, into the stands, <laughs> out of the stadium, and then throws one to Tyree Kill freaking for a touchdown, which, again, I keep saying Tyree Kill may be the best overall weapon in the NFL. That guy is insane. What did he have? Nine hundred and sixty-four yards receiving this game. I mean, he he's sick. The guy is really sick, and he's shorter than I am, and he weighs less than I do, and he's dominant on the football field. And look, I love Patrick Mahomes, and he to me is the best quarterback in the game. To me, there's no doubt in my mind right now. But I got to tell you guys, man, if Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill are not there, this shit isn't happening. They're not coming back and winning this game, Nikki. Um, no, see, I think that you guys could go out there and Pat Mahomes would make you guys look phenomenal. So, <laughs> and Andy Reid, let's not forget about Andy Reid and his yeah. play calling, which is like an ice cream sundae with sprinkles and all types of shit. I'm like Jason Garrett's vanilla ass play calling from the <laughs> 1990s. I don't know what decade we're in, but okay. Um, no, I just, I think Mahomes is just like otherworldly and yes, Travis Kelsey, of course helps, but I really think they could pull anybody and make them look fantastic. Well, that is yet to be seen. And Patrick Mahomes does have that gift, you know, like where Aaron Rodgers was able to make Marquez Valdez standing. I still can't say his fucking name, but you know, it was really, really good. but Damien, do you impart you know, we could talk a little bit more about the game, obviously, because it was a classic game. And Baker Mayfield at the end, I believe he was trying to throw that ball away. But you know what? You got to take a sack right there. And I want to hear your opinion on that. But I also want to hear your opinion on Patrick Mahomes' weapons, where Tyree Kill, again, is just unbelievable. And Travis Kelsey probably is the best tight end, I can admit, in the game right now. So both of those, uh, Baker Mayfield trying to make that play at the end and Patrick Mahomes having these weapons, making him a little bit better. Yeah, the Baker Mayfield play is tough because I feel like he, when he went into the throwing motion, he didn't think he was going to get hit at that point, and then yeah. he got hit, and that's what caused him to throw it short, causing the easy interception. Uh, and for the weapons, yeah, those weapons are phenomenal. Tyreek Hill, you could make an argument as the best receiver in the league, 197 receiving yards, crazy. Oh Travis Kelsey, I think, has been the best tight end for a while now. So having Mahomes, who does have the ability to make everybody look good, along with receivers and tight ends who you don't need to make look good is why it's unfair. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's simply, it's simply unfair. Yeah. But my biggest takeaway from this game is that Cleveland is good enough to beat Kansas city. Yes. Look at all the things that had to go wrong for Kansas city to win this game. You had the interception, the punter dropping a perfectly good snap. <laughs> like it wasn't like, I can see if it was a bad snap, it was low or it was high. No, it hit him right in the numbers and he dropped it. Like you got one those, job to do. You got one job: yeah. catch the freaking ball and then kick it. That's all you have to do. The whole—that's all you practice your whole entire yeah. season. Yeah, exactly. I I think that Cleveland, from quarterback to safety, is the most talented team in the league. Like I understand we have our mixed funds on Baker Mayfield. I think he's a middle of the road quarterback, but mm -hmm. that's all you need is a middle of the road quarterback when the surrounding cast 
is that good. Uh, I think that they're stacked everywhere. And I don't think Kansas City wants to see Cleveland again, honestly. No, nope. I would say that. I remember last year's playoff game, they made it very close, obviously. And then this year they had the lead in Kansas City again. And look, they're going to have to learn how to close out games, which will put Cleveland over the hump eventually. And we'll see. I know some people picked them for the Super Bowl this year. None of us did, but we all have them in the playoffs, and they can definitely do some damage. So we will see what happens to that. Let's get to our games before we get to knowledge with Nikki and whatever tricky stuff he's got up with, believe, this week. Now, my 49ers were absolutely dominating. It was 38-10 to 10 in Detroit. We're doing a Jared Goff, what we always do, making them look a fool. And then all of a sudden, this player gets hurt. Most is out. Ayuk gets hurt, uh, just a killer right there. Defensively, we're having players go out, and I'm like, just, you know, what's happening over here? And Jared Goff is starting to throw the ball to Hawkinson, and um, what's his name? St. Pierre and DeAndre Swift is scoring touchdowns, and I'm like, what the hell is happening here? And they get an onside kick. It comes down to really the last, you know, series of the game where Jared Goff does have an opportunity, but the 49ers defense finally stepped up. I'm thinking, Nikki, what really happened in this game, in all honesty, and I'm not making excuses, when you're up 38 to 10, your defense can go to sleep. And I really think that's what happened here. Yeah, no, I think so too. I mean, even watching it and, you know, I think in our freaky fantasy, I think I went all in on the 49ers, picked them to win. And, you know, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, they got this in the bag. And then, you know, you have red zone on. I'm like, wait, what the hell's going on here? Like, no, stop. What are you doing? Stop. Play defense. Like, I think, I think so. Of course. So you're just, you're up so much. It's like, all right, you know, but then here comes Detroit. Like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you, I still don't love Jared Goff. No, 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 I'm not a, I'm not a Jared Goff believer. I do think that Dan Campbell's philosophy about biting kneecaps is working. Yeah. Uh, looks like, <laughs> it looks like they are motivated to not give up. Uh, they're going to continue yeah. to fight throughout games. So I think they'll have games like this where they get behind, they fight back, but they fall short. Or they have games where they keep it close against a team that they're not supposed to keep it close against and lose by three or by six. I think they'll have a lot of those type of games this year because they'll fight. looks like they will fight for Dan Campbell. Uh, but 49ers, like you said, I think they fell asleep, got a little too comfortable. Uh, they obviously are just a dominating squad. So I think the 49ers will be good to go. I don't think you should panic at all as a 49ers fan. Nope, I agree. I agree. And, you know, again, like I said earlier, making a couple of signings for the deficiencies that we have right now, um, you know, in our secondary and at running back. Very tough right there. But I'm just glad they held on. And hopefully, again, lesson learned. You get a big lead. Keep that big lead. Don't let up. Get their asses out, three and out on the field, which is what should have happened every damn time. But, all right, they made it interesting. Uh, what wasn't interesting at all was the New Orleans-Green Bay game, unless you're a New Orleans fan, because that was something that I don't think anybody was expecting, even my man Damian over here who picked the Saints, where Nikki and I had the Packers. I mean, they, when they, i got to be honest, Damian. As soon as they went up 10 nothing, I said the game is over. Yeah. Right. Aaron Rodgers – for some reason, doesn't play well in Florida. I think his record is three and six when you talk about Tampa, Jacksonville, Miami. And now this game where they played in Jacksonville against New Orleans, who was the home team. Jameis Winston definitely looked great, but what looked even greater was New Orleans' defense. Even when Marshawn Lattimore went out, they were still able to hold up. I was so impressed offensively, defensively, all around in this game. Now, I don't know what the hell happened to Aaron Rodgers, but – he threw more incompletions, I think, than anybody this week, and it was an absolute horror show for Green Bay. I believe they'll get right, but Damian, you gotta love what you saw. Who that? 
<laughs> Thanks. Yes, definitely love what I saw. And like you said, it felt like it was over at 10 nothing. Like if the momentum, the way that the Saints were controlling the game, like just back to back 15 play drives. Yeah. Um, Green Bay did struggle against the run last year. And you could tell that was going to be our strategy. We were going to run the ball. And not only with Alvin Kamara, but with the backup, I told you guys about Tony Jones Jr. He came in, got 50 yards rushing. Um, I think that combination is going to be a nice one-two throughout the year. Hopefully they both stay healthy, but they definitely look good. And you didn't ask Jameis to do too much. Uh, Jameis, he made the throws here and there. And Jameis also looked very spry. Jameis was out there looking like Jameis yeah. Vick. He, he, had a couple of, <laughs> he had a couple of runs that kept our – like our first drive, we had a third and nine that he ran for the first down on right. and that kept it alive. So I think those plays are was, you know, really set the tone for the game is when he did that and got us going. Uh, defensively, what I don't like from the main media I'm hearing right now is, oh, it was a, no, a non-motivated Aaron Rodgers. What? No, Aaron Rodgers, if anything, he wants to show you why you're stupid enough to draft Jordan Love. I'm going to make you look dumb. I'm going to ball out, and then I'm going to leave. That's what he wants to do. He doesn't want to, he's not going to mope his way out and play bad on purpose or just be unmotivated. Like I've seen some people say like he looked like Jay Cutler out there. It was a bad game, but he didn't have the I don't care Jay Cutler face. It was He cared. He just – the offensive line, I mentioned that last episode, that offensive line right now with two rookies, a guard playing left tackle, our defensive line was going crazy in that game. Uh, we sacked Aaron twice, kept constant pressure on him, which helped our secondary out. You, and there was times where even he had time I mean, no one was open. Like the interception he threw on the deep pass, he got fooled by the safety. He thought the safety was going to come down and help on Devontae Adams, and he was able to spry back up to cover MVS as well. So I think our defense, we just came super prepared. And I mentioned earlier that some teams played their starters more in the preseason than others. The Saints had to because we had a quarterback battle. So we had to have them play with the starters. The only person who didn't play was Alvin Kamara, which we already know Kamara can do. He don't need to play in the preseason. No. So everybody else played, and you can see that chemistry that we had being prepared both offensively and defensively for this game. Aaron Rodgers, gone the whole offseason, didn't play in the preseason, no chemistry. I think that made a big difference in this game. We were just more prepared for this game. <laughs> like Jameis said, that after he remembered what his trainer said, he said that the, the, the pressure is for the unprepared, not for the prepared. And I think that uh, you really saw that in this game. Jameis Winston, five touchdowns, no interceptions. He did have one that should have been an interception. I will yes. say that. That was yeah. a horrible call on the uh, rough in the pass, the penalty. That was um, but so I, didn't mind the, I didn't mind the pass. He was passing to a tight end and just was a little bit short on it. I don't mind an interception if it comes on a shot play like that. I don't mind it. Jameis is going to have those passes sometimes. I don't mind it. But for the most part, he was excellent. There was a play where he had all the time in the world. No one was open. What did Jameis do? Throw it away. At that moment, I was like, oh, we're going to win this game. <laughs> we're going to win this game. So that, yeah, definitely. So when you see Jameis Winston with five touchdowns, zero interceptions, you all know what it is. It's the quantum leap. <laughs> We're definitely seeing it right now. I think we're going to continue to see it going throughout the season as Jameis is not asked to do too much, but every once in a while gets to unleash that arm like you saw in the last touchdown to Deontay Harris. Such a beautiful pass. Uh, so, yeah, everything works so well for the Saints in this game. You don't want to overreact to week one, but, man, did we look good. Very exciting to be a Saints fan right now. 
Yeah, you should be. Pretty amazing right there what's going on. Um, we'll see if this last uh, – yeah, that, that roughing the past was a bunch of nonsense. But other than that, yeah. I mean, they were totally lights out. Nikki, I got to ask you this. I heard your Michael Finley, former uh, tight end with the Green Bay Packers who played with Aaron Rodgers for a while. He had mentioned uh, – I'll give credit. I believe it was on ESPN uh, radio show with uh, Key uh, J. Will and Max that – he said that Aaron Rodgers didn't look into it and that in the past players have had problems with Aaron Rodgers, his arrogance, his attitude, whatever in the locker room, certain things like that. Now, the fact that he wasn't around all offseason and contemplated retirement, Jermichael Finley, um, again, who knows him well, they played together. He said that Aaron Rodgers didn't look the same, didn't look as into it and is maybe having problems within that locker room because he wasn't there and made it about him this offseason. Do you think that the offseason and all the drama that was going on had carried over into the week one? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and this yeah. is what you get. You want to take six months off, Aaron Rodgers. You want to go on vacation and get engaged and get married. You want to host Jeopardy. Fine. Then walk away. You know what? If I was the Packers, I would have taken my King's ransom for him this year. Thank you. Goodbye. Because I always say on the show, it could be in life. It could be in sports. If somebody's coming to you saying, I do not want to work for you. I do not want to be here. I do not want to be with you. I don't want to play for you. Get rid of them. I don't care. I don't want you here. You're toxic. You're a cancer. Aaron Rodgers is all about himself. He threw a friggin' hissy fit again you're not prepared and this is exactly what happens and i think that's i think it comes down to mentality you look at the saints they've been knocking on the super bowl door for what four years in a row now that yep. team is hungry they are young they are hungry james winston has everything in the world to prove they have a fantastic coach that mentality is completely different than I bet you there are people in that green bay locker room who are like man f aaron Rodgers," because i know i would be like, yeah, it's just like you're all about yourself. Like you know, that's a wide receiver to be the diva all about them, not <laughs> not the quarterback. So I, I'm not surprised at all. This is exactly what you get, and this is what happens. So you know, if he's gonna cry about that too, then just go, dude. Just go. Like I'm so tired of him and <laughs> this narrative and this story every single season. Yeah, every time. Yeah, and they spent so much damn time in it this offseason, yeah. and now look what they're saying. Oh, is Green Bay done? Are they going to make the playoffs now? You know, is it overreaction week one? I don't know, but yeah. we do know that New Orleans are great. That's what we do know, and Green Bay did not. But uh, they have a Monday night football coming up, which we'll talk about against the, those Detroit Lions, who my 49ers uh, did stomp out a little bit uh, in Detroit over the weekend. But the last game we're going to get to in our ranting recap before knowledge with Nikki is Nikki's team. And oh, God. Did not go well at home in New Jersey for the New York Giants who play in New Jersey. All right. In the, the, the Northeastern province, whatever the hell you want to call it. Northeastern province. <laughs> New Jersey, New York, you know, I don't know, Rhode it's, Island, it's, wherever the hell they're going to freaking play. What? They play in New Jersey. Okay. They should be the New Jersey Giants. That's the bottom line. Buffalo is the only true New York team, you know, at the end of the day. So, but what the hell happened? Nikki, all right. So you watch this game and the Denver comes in. They're not supposed to be lighting it up. 27 points is definitely a good amount, but obviously their defense got at him. And again, Daniel Jones can't hold on to the ball. Um, <clears throat> I would like to know, where are these hog mollies that Dave Gettleman keeps saying that he's going to get? And it's been four years. Where are they? I'm waiting. The whole goddamn fan base is waiting. You are a laughing <laughs> stock of the friggin' NFL. You are a joke. You are worse than the Jets. 
And you have a serious freaking problem. You're going to continue to ignore the offensive line. Saquon Barkley, Barkley got 2.9 yards. 2.9. You can't even give him a hole to run through. Like, I mean, what the hell is this? I've seen enough of Daniel Jones. Okay. I do not need to see any more. I don't know why he took quarterback from Duke. Like what the hell was that? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't need it. I don't need to see it anymore. Jason Garrett. I, I, I don't know. It is so predictable. And then Daniel Jones is just telegraphing where the ball is going. I mean, how could a defense not have a field day? It is really ridiculous. And I'm sorry for the media to make a, a thing of, Oh, well the fans left. The hell are the fans supposed to watch? You guys, <laughs> nobody wants to well, ever... stay for traffic after this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if you've ever tried to get in and out of MetLife, it's a nightmare trying to get in and out of that building. The stadium yeah. sucks anyway, but like, it's just a traffic nightmare up in North Jersey. So, yeah, I would leave too. I mean, we're spending money on tickets, we're watching. It's a terrible product. It's a terrible product. And I, I just, tomorrow is going to be probably another embarrassing nightmare. And, you know, I don't know. What else do they need to do? You have terrible play calling, the defense. I don't know where they went. Um, and Daniel Jones, again, decision-making, ball control. We don't see it. So, no. uh, you know, I don't know what they're doing. D, you want to talk about insanity? I swear to God, I could have flicked on that game and it could have been any game from the last 10 years. Looks exactly the same. <laughs> You know, man, I, look, Dave will get, you know, Dave Ginnaman loves, you know, Daniel Jones and wants him to be everything that he all can be Eli Manning and, and more. But you know what, Nikki, like you said, you've seen enough. Damien, if after this year they have another crappy year and they go six and 11 or five and 12 or whatever, if I'm doing the math right with 17 games right now, should that be it? And the Giants say, you know what? We drafted a Duke quarterback. It's not Duke basketball. It's Duke freaking football. We screwed up. We need to move on and, and find find another quarterback. What do you think? Yeah, unless he balls out and you guys go five and twelve. Um, but if he continues to play like this, now it's not all on him. Like you said, the offensive line hasn't been improved for the past ten years. So you know you have to give him a benefit of the doubt on that portion of it. Um, but there are times where you're just like, okay, he got time. What's going on? Up, oh, telegraph that pass. Yeah. <laughs> look, look that receiver down. Um, so yeah, it's time for them to. And the thing is. Looking at it now, they didn't really have a good choice at quarterback there because if they didn't go with Jones, they would have went to Haskins. <laughs> so it, looking now, it just was a bad, a bad year and bad, you know, position to pick at. But maybe you go, you know, a different position, maybe. But yeah, Daniel Jones was like he's not it. But again, it's one game. You don't want to overreact. Maybe tomorrow night he'll ball out against a very good Washington defense. So we'll see. Mm, we'll find out, and we yeah. shall pick that game. There's no doubt about it. All right, so. That is ranting recap, and Nikki definitely gave you ranting action right there. She is pissed so, off. <laughs> I'm just so mad. But actually, before we go to knowledge with Nikki, D, do you do you feel the same way about Aaron Rodgers? Do you think that this yeah. off, his offseason antics like had an effect? Yeah, I think so. I think it had an effect, and I think that he probably thought, okay, I'm Aaron Rodgers, so I can come in. I know the offense already. We'll be good. But sure. when you play against a team like the Saints, who's been super prepared and ready to go, they couldn't do anything with them. And that, like I said, that pressure got to him. And some of the plays where you thought maybe he just didn't care were he was frustrated. All that interception he threw down the field, yeah. it was frustration. Like it was a play like, oh, let me just try to make something happen here because I can't get anything open. Um, yeah. So I say it was a combination of the Saints defense and Aaron Rodgers coming in not being prepared for that game. 
Yeah, I think Aaron Rodgers is trying to like show off his arm strength or something like that with that pass because he had no business throwing that ball. I mean, the, the no. guy, guy was double covered. It was a yeah. joke. You know who had a phenomenal week? My boy Matt Stafford. That's it. Yeah, I'm yeah. Matt Stafford jersey. Like that's it. I'm, 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 I'm the Giants team might do me in. I might jump to the Rams. Don't get those. <laughs> those are the worst jerseys I've ever seen in my <laughs> life. They look like a kid crayoned on a wall or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a fan of the Rams jerseys either. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but Matthew Stafford definitely balled out. Your guy yeah. Russell Wilson, we gotta give him a shout out. He yeah. balled out. Uh, his yeah. that D, he he probably has a, the best deep ball of all time. Like that deep ball he threw to Tyler Lockett. Oh, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Tyler Lockett. I mean, how, yeah. he makes these catches like unbelievable. Yeah, the one where he had to adjust and like go over as the ball was going yep. over, like yeah. Willie Mays back in the day. He looked like this that. way, then that way. It's, it's yeah. like, how do you do that? Because, like, as a Giants fan, you guys don't understand this because your teams are good, right? And I'm like, <laughs> why is it like a perfect example? I'm glad you brought up Seattle, right? They needed to retool their offensive line, their defense. They got it together in a freaking season. They look yeah. great now. Why can't the Giants do that? Why can't I get a quarterback and just sling it all over the place and like <laughs> this offense is on fire? Why is this so freaking difficult? It's a, it's really, yeah. really, really hard to watch. It really is. Happy yeah. for you guys. But it just sucks because it's like every other team can do this. Why can't we? Yeah, and even worse. Yeah. Okay, take good. Um, getting a good offensive line, man, it definitely changes everything. Like the Saints offensive line is great. Yeah. And it like sets the tone. Like I started center, got injured on the first play. And we shipped it over the guard to the center, brought in our backup guard, and just kept going. Um, so when you have a good offensive line, and I don't know who the offensive line coach is. I have to shout him out and get his name one day. He must be doing a phenomenal job. Uh, you gotta when you have a good offensive line, it changes everything. I always said offensive line is like oxygen. We don't appreciate it because we don't see it until you can't breathe. <laughs> and that's, and then, right. that's what a lot of teams are going through. Carson Wentz. I feel like Carson Wentz probably had a flashback and thought he was back on the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the way that the coast offensive line was playing yesterday yeah. or Sunday, I should say. So yeah, offensive line play matters so much. Yep. Yep. Seattle looked good. That's why I picked them to win that division. Chris Carson ran the ball well. The defense is better. And speaking of the Rams, real quick, Jalen Ramsey was all over the field. Oh my God. All right. I figured out he wears number five. All right. And I'm also starting to figure out that all these damn secondary guys are wearing one, two, three, four, five, four, five, six. six yeah. I like, you know, you, you, even my team, I didn't know who the hell was fucking playing in the secondary. It drove me crazy. It drove me absolutely nuts. But Jalen Ramsey, whoa, dude, he is worth yeah. every freaking every penny. penny. That guy. Yeah all over the place, playing like like almost like a Derwin James type position or something like that where he comes down in the box or he's covering almost like a Marlon Humphrey kind of kind of guy. But, man, Jalen Ramsey was fantastic. Nah, he's a well, what I love seeing about the Rams, though, is how the defense reacted when Matthew Stafford would make plays. Yes. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> Look, at <this> quarterback. <laughs> Look at this quarterback that we have now. This is amazing. So you definitely yeah. can tell it just energizes the whole team when you have a yeah. quarterback like that. Oh, man. So, yeah, the Rams look good, man. I might have to uh, give Nikki those 10 push-ups. We'll see. (laughs) I hope it's it's you and not me. (laughs) It's Goff out, Stafford in, and, yeah, after that first pass, that bomb, uh, yeah, forget about it. They were were just going nuts all over the freaking place. So, big-time win. I think it was 34-14. So, yeah, they kicked some serious ass right there. All right, very nice job. All right, Nikki's ready to kick some ass right now. Let's do it. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top of the trick. Here we go. Train to rock around, to rock around. 
That's right. With knowledge, with Nikki time, I have not won in four years. Damien has been killing me. I need a victory today. Give it to me, Nikki. What are we doing today? All right. So you guys know I go on my run. You guys called me Forrest Gump last night. Thank you. Yes. Um, but lately, I've been listening to the Spotify, you know, top 80s hits. So we're going to do some 80s music trivia tonight. Oh, I'm at, a I'm at a huge disadvantage here. Yes, you are. You're only 14 <laughs> years old. You're at a huge disadvantage. You were not born there. <laughs> but you know what? Your knowledge is ridiculous. So I'm sure yeah. you're going to do something right over here. I have no doubt. All right, Nikki. <laughs> okay. All right. Who's first? I think uh, D goes first because yeah, I got to go first. I go first All this right. week. Okay. All right, D, number one. How old was George Michael when he wrote the song Careless Whisper? I'm going to say 18. Jay? I'm going to go with 24. D, 17. I'll give it to you. Oh, wow. Nice. Great job. Nice job. What are you see? You sneaky <laughs> bastard that you are. <laughs> All right, number two, Olivia Newton-John's physical spent how many weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100? Well, that's the, let's get physical, yep. physical, that song. Yep. Don't tell me uh, you don't know the 80s, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it spent 10 weeks at number one. 10, yep, on the money. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, all right, that's it. You guys definitely conspired behind my back. There was no doubt. D was not born until 2015, and he knows <laughs> all these questions. You guys are always conspiring behind my back. No, I promise you. Ten. Give me a break. Go ahead. Give him more. <laughs> I'm afraid. All right, here we go. Number, <laughs> number three. Michael Jackson had the highest number of top hits on the Billboard Hot 100 chart during the 1980s with how many songs? Oh, trying to go through all the uh, Michael Jackson songs that I love. Because I feel like the only bigger Michael Jackson fan than me is Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I am definitely a huge one, no doubt. Uh, I'm going to say he had 12 during the 80s. Jay? Oh, he didn't hit it on the nose again? Are you sure? <laughs> I was going to say 15. No, nine. Uh, oh, my God. That was actually my first. Dang. I kicked myself. Okay. Deep, last one. All right, here we go. Which song gave Madonna her first number one single in the UK? I am not a connoisseur of Madonna music. <laughs> so I really don't have a clue <laughs> on this one. Uh, did she have a song called right? Like a Version? I'm going to say Like a Version. She does have a song Like a Version. That's not the answer. Okay. <laughs> Is it Material Girl? No. It's Into not. the Groove. Into the Groove? Yeah. Is that when she was older? No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. 
I remember she went through a phase where, you know, every video she had, she was like flying through the air and there were rainbows all over the place and flowers and she just got all crazy. Well, she was always crazy. I mean, she went out with Dennis Rodman. You know, you're pretty freaking crazy if you're going to do that alone. So that's all right. But all right, Damien, uh, you know you're 80, so don't BS me anymore. I don't want to hear it. All right, Jay, you ready? I am not. (laughs) All right. Who sang the title track of the late 80s James Bond film, License to Kill? (laughs) ACDC? No. Um, Paul Abdul. Oh, man. I love Paul Abdul. No, Gladys Knight. Oh, Oh, really? She sang the national anthem the other night. Yes, she did. That's right. See how we come, you know, full circle on this show. Of course we do. We love circles over here. All right. You seem to be running in one. (laughs) You ain't kidding, man. I'm in a freaking maze right now. I don't know how to get my way out or in. (laughs) All right. Here we go. Number two. How many weeks did Whitney Houston's song, So Emotional, spend on the Billboard Hot 100 in 1988? Uh, 18. D? I'm going to say 12. One. Oh. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I, don't, coming through. I, don't, I don't remember that song. So I was like, maybe it wasn't that, much, that, that big of a song. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Tricky right. intro. Num- yep. Number three. What is Sting's real name? Does anybody know what Sting's real name is? <laughs> no, you cannot have a lifeline. What is this? Is not Nikki's Be a Millionaire, whatever the name of the show is. What is I have no, I'm not even going to venture a guess at it. I have no idea. Stung? I, I don't know. <laughs> Stung. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. D, you want to you like throw a guy's name out there and just like uh, see if we get right? Yeah, Bob Johnson. Steve, <laughs> Steve Washington. Washington. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Sumner. Gordon yeah, Sumner. Yep. Not a shot. You must say wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, who names their kid Gordon anymore, for God's sake? I mean, geez, we got to stop at that. <laughs> okay. Everybody who had Gordon in mind just said no. It's done and over. So. Names stop. out. Stop. All right. Last one. Uh, in 1985, how many solo artists and or groups received their first number one on the Billboard Hot 100? Is she being like totally tricky, Nikki, and fooling the hell out of me right now? I don't know, but I'll say five. D? I'll say one. 17. Zero. 17. Uh, wow. Damien, out that year. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to get like a like a championship belt or like a tiara yeah. for you or something like that. I don't know. We, we got to get something for you to. I wear would totally sport. rock a tiara. I would totally. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> oh, yeah, you should. Nikki, well done again. Well done. You got back at me. All I'll right. I'll wear mine. I'll wear mine. I have one from a pageant, <laughs> and then you wear yours. Well, that'll be next week. Everybody, tune in for. The Tierra party. Yep, the Tierra party's on. And the tea party. And the Damien party of winning 
uh, tricky Nikki knowledge with Nikki again. Congratulations, buddy. All right. You kicked Thank my you, butt. Sir. All right. You weren't born anywhere near the 80s, but you still beat me. It's just amazing how these things happen. Wait, when were you born? 90. Oh. <laughs> Next week, we'll do 90s, and it'll still kick my ass with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We did have our first freaky fantasy football draft last week. Which, uh, you know, up and down over here. I mean, we had to get a little bit lucky. Um, Tom Brady, Chris Godwin came through for me. Damien, um, you, had a de- you had a decent day. Nikki, you had hurt guys. So that screwed you over in the beginning. That just was not fair. So um, in week one, I did win the first freaky fantasy football draft with 111.2 points. Ooh, Damien, nice job. Yeah, that was big time. I got, I got lucky. Uh, the 49ers defense came through. Hunter Henry was the only guy who didn't do anything. Christian McCaffrey against the Jets. I thought that was kind of easy. Damian, 83.4. And Nikki, just like I said, you just got hurt with the injuries. So 47.2. But I know you'll come back strong as always, no doubt. So that is week one of Freaky Fantasy Football Draft. Let's get into week two. I guess because I won week one, I get the first pick. So here we go. Who am I going to take with the number one overall pick? I want – let me just make sure. That, you know what I want? The Browns are playing the freaking Houston Texans. I'm going to take Nick Chubb. That's my first pick. Oh, I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, Damian, you finished in second place, so you get the next pick. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Denver's defense against Jacksonville. Oh, man, you sucker. You stole that from me. I was going to save him. <laughs> Damn it. Good job. That's a great pick right there. I like it. Nikki, you now get two back-to-back. Oh, back-to-back. All right. Give me – I guess I got to go for broke because I got to catch up. Yeah, give me Tom Brady and Melvin Gordon. Oh. Okay. Okay. And Melvin Gordon. Had a good game. Somebody tried to trade Melvin Gordon to me in one of our leagues, and we'll talk about our fantasy leagues in a little bit, for uh, Saquon Barkley, like, straight up. I'm like, I, I, are you fucking kidding me right now? I'm like, give him time, you know, to get back. I'm at Melvin Gordon. Yeah, yeah sure. I'll, I'll do that trade with you. No freaking problem. All right. So we got Brady and we got Melvin Gordon. Damien, your first pick was Denver, and now who are you taking? So now I'm going to take a mad Aaron Rodgers. Oh, <laughs> going against yeah. Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> that's not bad at all. I like that right there. Okay. All right. I get two picks now. I took Nick Chubb with my first one, so I got my running back out of the way. Um, You know who I would really like, actually, this week? After what I saw out of Tennessee secondary last weekend, I think DK Metcalf's going to have a really big day. So I'm going to take Metcalf from Seattle. Okay. And to go along with that, I'm going to take the Patriots defense against the Jets. I like that one. Yeah, they're just going to whip their ass all over the freaking place. That'll be fun to watch, unless you're a Jets fan. So I got Chubb Metcalf for the Pats. Damian, you got a mad-ass Aaron Rodgers and Denver Broncos defense. You got the next pick, my friend. Uh, With the next pick, I'm going to take... Hmm. Looking at the the games here. Let me go ahead and get Keenan Allen against Dallas. Oh, okay. Okay, that's a good pick. 
Keenan Allen. All right. Rogers Allen in Denver so far. Nikki, you get two picks now. You got Brady and Melvin Gordon. Who are you next to? Yeah, give me Hopkins mm. against that Minnesota defense. And give me give me Logan Thomas. Ah, you stole that one from me too. You guys are thieves, man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, because we conspire. We talk. You're like a lion. <laughs> That's what happens. You talk at like 740 right before oh. you send the link. You're like Aladdin. <laughs> I swear to God, it's amazing. You guys conspire behind my back. All right, so Logan Thomas and, and DeAndre Hopkins, you got a nice team going on so far. Damien, you got Rodgers, Keenan Allen, Denver's defense. You got the next pick. For the next pick, let me go ahead and get hmm, – trying to look for the weak running defense <laughs> here. Uh, let me go ahead and take. Dang, there's really no, no yeah. obvious matchup this week for like the, to run the ball. You already took the best one, Jay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I'm gonna go ahead and take. I think Alvin Kamara is gonna have a big game against Carolina. Give me Alvin Kamara. All right, all right. I won't be mad at that on my fantasy team. Give me all that old thing. Mm -hmm. All right. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, so I got Chubb, Metcalf, and the Patriots defense. Um, I'm glad nobody picked Russell Wilson. I'm going to take him to go along with Metcalf. It kind of worked out for me with uh, Brady and Godwin last week. So I got that, and my next pick now, I need myself a tight end. And Nikki stole him from me, so I'm really not happy with her right now. Uh, let's see. Without taking too much time over here. After what I saw from Buffalo's defense a little bit, I know they're going to get right, but I think that too is going to throw the ball to Mike Isecki a lot this weekend. So I'm going to take Mike Isecki to close it out. So he'll be my tight end. Chris will like that. <laughs> yeah, <they're, laughs> yeah. Chris calling us out a little bit before actually we're talking about uh, laughing at uh, Matt Stafford. And he's saying, forget Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Well, not this week, pal. Russell Wilson's going to go <laughs> off for me in my freaky fantasy football draft. There's no doubt. So I am complete with Russell Wilson throwing a DK Metcalf, Nick Chubb at running back, Mike Gusecki, tight end for the Miami Dolphins, and the Patriots defense to destroy the Jets. D, you got Aaron Rodgers, Avin Kamara, Keenan Allen, Denver's defense. Now you need a tight end. Yes, I do need a tight end. So I'm going to go with Robert Tonian. Oh, Tanya, yeah, from Green Bay. It's a good one. Rogers and Tanya, yep. All right, so you're doubling up over there, too. I like it. Not bad. All right, Nikki, all you need is a defense. You got Brady, Melvin Gordon, DeAndre Hopkins, and you stole my tight end, and Logan Thomas. Who's your defense this week? Yeah, give me uh, give me Washington's defense. Oh, all mm. right. Got a root wow. against you. No, no belief in your own team. <laughs> <laughs> No belief, none whatsoever. <laughs> you know what? She's go she's going logically. That's what I love about the whole thing. Yeah. She's going logically over here. Let's talk a little fantasy football right now, all right, before we get to our week two picks. I'm looking at uh, Damien's league, the real deal league right now. Um, I'm happy to be in second place at the moment. Um, only lost by – I didn't lose. I mean, I'm four, uh, five points back. Uh, then we got Eli's the Manning. In sixth right now, 0-1, because I took her down this week. Sorry about that. The Quantum Leap will come back in eighth place this week. But I, if we can look at our teams right now, uh -huh. all right, 
if we can uh, if we can pull it up on our phone or whatever. I am in love with my team. I mean, the amount of points they put up was great. Russell Wilson, my quarterback. I got Alvin Kamara, like I mentioned. Chris Godwin. Terry McLaurin will have better games, hopefully, with Taylor Heineke. Um, Antonio Brown was great. Amari Cooper was great. Even Daryl Henderson. Corey Davis from the Jets got me two touchdowns. Debo Samuel. I am in love with my team right now, and I don't want to trade anybody. I don't know how you guys are feeling about your team. Nikki, you put up a good fight this week. Matthew Stafford, you got to love that. How are you feeling about your team so far? Well, I'm just taking a look. I haven't looked yet, and I – oh, God, injuries already. It's not fair. No. (laughs) One already, like, hit by the injury bug. So I got a little bit of work to do in the, um, the podcast league. Had a good week in the Yahoo League, though. Your league, Jay. Oh, all right. All right. Yeah, that's right. We do have two leagues. Ben. Damien, uh, I know this week it, it took an L, but um, how are you feeling about your team? You still all right, or you got to make some moves early? Um, only made one move. I think Baltimore's defense isn't going to be that good this year, so I got rid of them and got the New Orleans Saints defense, of course. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think our defense is going to have another big game this week against Carolina. Um, I left a lot of points on the bench last week. I had Brandon Ayuk starting. He got me zero. Mm. Um, so that hurt me. Uh, Robbie Anderson went off on my bench. Yeah. Uh, Devonta Smith went off on my bench. So if anybody needs a wide receiver in our league, <laughs> all at me because I got I got an abundance of wide receivers and I need running backs because I had J.K. Dobbins. We all know what happened to him. Yeah. Uh, in my other league, I had Gus Edwards. As soon as I got him, <laughs> he got hurt. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's it's been rough with the running backs. Najee Harris gave me nothing. Um, David Montgomery did ball out for me though. Yeah, he, he did good. Really, yeah, he had a really good game. Uh, Marquez Callaway didn't really do anything for me. I think that's going to improve as we play teams with different strategies as we play against teams who allow more passing yards. So I'm not really worried about that. Stefan Diggs didn't do much. I think he'll improve throughout the year as well. So I had some one offs that didn't really do much for me. So I think my team's gonna be okay though. Oh, well, speaking of your team, it looks like Chris is shouting out that he wants to trade you Elijah Mitchell, uh, the running back who went off of the 49ers. Maybe he needs a wide receiver. And you know what? Shame on you, Damien. How could you not know that Robbie Anderson's going to get a touchdown against the Jets with Sam Donald throwing to him? You had to know that was going to happen. You just had I to. I should have. I definitely should have known that. Uh, <laughs> but I was like, Brandon Ayuk against Detroit? Yeah. What? Yep. <laughs> and he gave me nothing. That's why I put in Debo, and, and that one pass yeah. really made everything. That sky pass that he caught on the sideline, and then freaking roadrunner took right off. It was awesome. In the other league, Nikki, you are in first place. Yes, you were sitting there happily in first place right now at 1-0. I'm also 1-0, but I'm in fifth. I didn't score a lot of points. And, again, my man, Team Real Deal, in eighth, he's going to be coming back, coming back strong. So if we want to look at our teams real quick, I got Tyree Kill. I told you, he is just the ultimate game changer. He scored me like, you know, 4,000 points. It was amazing. Chris Carson did well. Corey Davis did well for me. I don't love my bench. I got like Devin Singletary. You know, I did pick up uh, Elijah Mitchell, so I hope things work out. But I lost Jerry Judy and Raheem Mostert in this league. So I am not happy about that. So I got to work around and hope that Saquon Barkley, Nikki, is going to do something for me. Do you think it's going to happen? Because I drafted him with my eighth overall pick in this league. Um. Yeah. Um. Apparently, they're supposed to, you know, be taking the training wheels off, you know, tomorrow, and then slowly in week three, and so so maybe. maybe. Yeah. Well, I, I, I hope so. 
And the reason why, Nikki, you're in first place in this league is because you had Joe Burrow, you had Justin Jefferson, DeAndre Hopkins, Alvin Kamara, David Montgomery, Debo Samuel going. I mean, you tore it up this week. So very, very well done. You got to be happy with what you got. And you got a pretty decent bench with Tyler Boyd, uh, DeAndre Swift, Trey Sermon, who may get some carries. So not bad. And you got my Niners defense. So that's pretty good right there. Yeah, I feel good about something this week. One thing. (laughs) Of all of this, one thing. (laughs) (laughs) D, we got to get to your team over here. Hold on. Hold on. We got to pick up your team. I got to make a lot of adjustments in that league. I wasn't able to draft my team. Um, So, yeah, I got a lot of work to do. Yeah, I know, I'm looking at the, the podcast league. I'm like, I got to drop. I got Gus Edwards. He's on a injured reserve. Mostert, Gallup. Jesus. Too many things going on. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, so many players getting hurt in week one. It's just, it, it's a killer. And yeah. it's going to go on all season. And then we have COVID that we have to deal with. So it's, it's, it's all a hot mess right now. But again, it's only week one in fantasy, only week one in the NFL. And we got... 16 more weeks of this stuff, and we're about to do our week two picks and locks right freaking now. Let's get it on, starting with the Thursday night football game, which we alluded to kind of a lot on this show. Nikki's already hating me and everything. We got the New York Giants going to Washington to play the Washington football team, who still needs a freaking name. Let's get with it, even though I think the numbers on the helmet are pretty cool. Nikki, it's your team. They're 0-1. Washington is also 0-1. Who comes out with a victory here? Um, I have a little faith in my team. I will take them. This will be the last time I do it. But (laughs) (laughs) just Daniel Jones. So Daniel Jones is 8-20 in career starts. And four of those wins have come against Washington. So I like my odds there. I I will. I'll roll with it. I'll take. Don't go Giants 20, Washington 18. You're right. He is 4-0 against Washington. So that is something to be said right there, Damian. Do you take uh what you know, do you take that with a grain of salt or what do you think is gonna happen over on Thursday night tomorrow? Yeah, I'm salt bay. I'm taking that with all the grains <laughs> <laughs> of salt. I think Washington is due to beat the Giants and Washington's defense, even though they lost against the Chargers last week, looked pretty good. I think they'll look even better against this Giants offense. So I'm going Washington 10 to 7. What? Oh, wow. Oh. Very, very, very high-scoring game Damian has. This yeah. <laughs> Lots of touchdowns coming. Fantasy players, get ready, yeah, all right? Fantasy dream over there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I don't have really a high-scoring game either, but I have it close. The Giants will make it interesting, but it won't be interesting at the end when the plane ride home and Washington wins the game 20-10. to 10. I'm sorry, but I think that defense is going to have a little something for them, and maybe Taylor Heineke can make a little action with my boy Tara McLaurin. So that's Thursday Night Football. Nikki, I'm still rooting for you. I hope that the Giants win, and I hope that I'm wrong. Let's go to another New York team. The New York Jets are hosting the New England Patriots. I will just kick it off real quick. I don't think the Jets have a prayer in the world, even though I did pick Miami to beat New England last week because it's Mac Jones. It's a rookie quarterback, but he looked good. He was getting better toward the end of the game. If Damian Harris didn't fumble that ball, they may actually win. Now, going into the Jets, they've been there plenty of times before. I don't care about the road. Give me New England 23 to 10, pretty much in a blowout right there, Damien. What do you think? Yeah, I'm going with New England as well. I'm going to go New England 23 to 10. 23 to 10. All right. So we have the exact same score, as a matter of fact, 23 to 10, uh, New England. Uh, Nikki, will you agree? 
I, I agree. I'm going to go New England 20, Jets 17. Okay. All right. Ooh, so okay. actually, close game. Okay. Maybe Zach Wilson has a little magic right there. We'll see. He did get better in the second half of the Carolina game. Now it is Carolina, but, you know, take it for what it's worth. All right. Hot game over the weekend. Denver, Jacksonville. I can't wait to freaking watch this one. Give me a break. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Games in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence gets to make his home debut with Urban Meyer, who still doesn't have a freaking clue that he's in the pros. He still thinks he's in college football somehow. So I'm yeah. taking Denver all the way, even though Jerry Judy's out. Melvin Gordon should have a big game. 27-13. I got the Broncos. Nikki, who do you got? Uh, this is not fair. Teddy Bridgewater is just coming off a great game against the Giants. Now he gets Jacksonville. He's going to look like <laughs> some all-star out there. Yeah, no, give me Denver. Uh, I think Jacksonville will keep it. I think it's going to be very close, actually. I'm going to go Denver 21, Jacksonville 20. Okay, okay. So maybe we get a better game than we hoped for, Damien. What do you think? Clank, clank. Lock it oh! in. <laughs> going Denver 30, Jacksonville 17. All right, first lock. Ding! I love it. I like that clink clink. Nice action right there. <laughs> We're gonna have some nice action. Buffalo visiting Miami. All right, you guys know I'm high on Miami. Of course, we're all high on Buffalo. They shit the bed in week one. Um, Miami got away with one against New England, as we just talked about. You got to think that Buffalo is going to be coming back. What, well, Damien? What do you think? Yeah, I got Buffalo beating Miami. I'm gonna say twenty to sixteen. Okay, so it would be a fairly close game. It's a divisional matchup. These teams know each other pretty well. But um, do you think, Nikki, that, you know, the Bills, you know, they just come off of what happened last week and say, you know what, we're going to go in there and we're going to kick Miami's ass. What do you think? Oh, yeah, I got Buffalo uh, winning 28-24. All right, and I also got the Bills winning 25-16. to So, again, I, I do like Miami. I like their defense. But um, I think that Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills, is going to put in a nice game plan this weekend. All right, um, next up on the list is my 49ers going into Philly. Now, last year, Philly came into San Fran and surprised us and beat the hell out of us. Even though we were injured, we expected to win that game. So we owe them payback, but I'm scared after what I saw, Nikki, from – look, we talked about in the beginning of the show, it was Atlanta, but they did put up 33 points and only allowed six. I'm a little scared in this game. Eagles are hosting the 49ers. What do you think happens? Um, yeah, I think it'll be fairly close. I have San Fran 28, Philly 21. I just think that uh, the 49ers will be able to create a lot, a lot of mismatches. So advantage to the Niners. That's what the 49ers do. They create mismatches. That's the name of their game, Damian. Do they do it against Philadelphia this weekend? Yeah, I think Philadelphia comes back down to earth after playing Atlanta and playing a real football team in now San Francisco. <laughs> so I'm going with San Francisco 24 to 13. Clank, clank. Lock oh, it in. Oh, all right. <laughs> all right. I love when you lock in the 49ers. It makes me feel all warm and giddy inside. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I am also taking my San Francisco 49ers, um, even though I am a little nervous going into this game. I'm not going to lie because of the ability of Jalen Hurts to escape out of the pocket. I have to think our defensive line is still going to be able to get after it. 30-16, to 16, San Francisco 49ers. Moving on to the next game, the Colts are at home again, where they did not look good at all, like Damian mentioned, that offensive line, which is supposed to be their stronghold to protect Carson Wentz, did not look good last week. Now the L.A. Rams come into town. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey and company. What's going to happen here, Damian? Hmm. Yeah, I don't really 
the Colts, man. <laughs> Not really believing in them. So, yeah, I got to go with the Rams 30 to 17. 30 to 17. Okay, so going with the Rams. Damien's got the LA Rams over the Indianapolis Colts in Indy. Nikki, do you agree? I agree, and I'm going to lock in the Rams. Oh, okay. That's an interesting lock. That's kind of like my lock with Tennessee last week, but maybe we'll see if it comes to where they are on the road. Guys, you know I love the Colts' defense. I think they get right in this game. I think they actually do make a game out of it, and it's not going to be as easy for Matt Stafford to do what he did against Chicago at home. He's going to be on the road in the Dome. It's going to be loud. See if the cadences are right. I know they had time in the offseason, but – I think the Colts pull this one out 23 to 20. So I will go with probably the upset because I think the Rams are favored by a point or two in this game. So I'll take Indy in this one. All right. Still going to ride with my Colts a little bit. All right. The Las Vegas Raiders go into Pittsburgh over here. Guys, let me take this one and let me lock this one up right away. I love the way that Pittsburgh played. I think their defense is going to crush the offensive line of the Las Vegas Raiders. So I think that Pittsburgh is going to be able to score no problem. Do I think that the Raiders are going to get their points here and there? Yeah, probably. But overall, I think that Pittsburgh causes enough turnovers on defense. So let me lock that in. 27-17. I got the Steelers. What do you got, Nikki? Um, I have, yep, I have Pittsburgh 30, Raiders 20. All right. So Pittsburgh for both of us. Damian, or is it a trifecta? Nope, I'm going with the Raiders. Oh, upset. <laughs> yes. To oh, upset the Pittsburgh Steelers 17 to 10. That will definitely wow. be an upset. That would be maybe the biggest upset of the weekend if that were to happen right there, in my opinion, because I locked it in. So maybe I'm going to look like a fool again. Damien keeps making me look like a fool every time in the show, especially with knowledge with Nikki. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. All right, another real exciting game, but well, maybe it will be because, you know, we do got Joe Burrow, we got Jamar Chase, you know, we got a young, hungry team over there in Cincinnati going to Chicago to play the Bears and Andy Dalton, who got their buck kick on Sunday Night Football. Nikki, do they get their buck kick again by Cincinnati, who's an up-and-coming team? Yes, they do. I said that Chicago, they were going to hang on to Andy Dalton one week too late. This is the week that's too late, and I think Cincinnati wins 26-23. All right, 26-23 going with Cincinnati. Damian, do you agree with her, or are you going with the home team? I agree. Cincinnati, 24-17. Guys, let's make it a trifecta. I agree. Bengals are going to win it by a field goal because they're just that much better, even on the road. 2017, I got the Bengals, so Cincinnati all around. Let me make sure I mark it down, get everything right. Going to our next matchup, uh, we talked about it a little bit. Look, Houston kicked the crap out of Jacksonville, but it's Jacksonville. Tyrod Taylor had his day. Brandon Cooks had 128 yards receiving. Um, They even ran the ball a little bit. David Johnson got into the end zone. But they're going to Cleveland, and Cleveland played a hell of a game against Kansas City like we talked about. They're an extremely well-coached team. They run the ball, great offensive line, excellent defense, except when you're playing Patrick Mahomes. I got the Browns in this game. I'm locking it up easily, 33-16, to 16, Damian. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Cleveland, 28-14. to 14. All right. But I hear no lock over there, but you got Cleveland. What do you say, Nikki? Yeah, I'm going Cleveland, 33, Houston, 20. Okay, so Cleveland all around. I got my second lock in. With Cleveland over there, I expect them to bounce back and have a big week after that loss in Kansas City. 
Damian, your Saints going to Carolina to play Donald and Robbie Anderson, who you should have played in your fantasy team last week, but no big deal. You're going to move <laughs> back up. So they're on the road, but they were kind of on the road last week. So does it really make a difference? It does not make a difference. Who that? They're going to beat them Saints. Saints winning this game 30 to 13. All right. All right. Nikki, what do you think happens here in Carolina? Uh, yeah, I am locking this in for the Saints. Saints win 28, Carolina 23. All right. I'm not going to lock it in, but I am also taking New Orleans. I think Carolina is a bit, is beat, is becoming a better team, but New Orleans right now, they really look like they got it together, especially after week one. So we're all going to take New Orleans on that, and uh, Nikki's going to lock that up. Let's go to Minnesota versus Arizona. All right. Guys, let me tell you right off the bat, this is a fantasy dream for both teams. If you have Jefferson, if you have Thielen, you got Cook, you got Hopkins, you got Chase Edmonds, you got Christian Kirk, you got Kyla Murray, play them all. This game is going to be big time, lots of points, lots of touchdowns, but in the end, the Cardinals win at 38-35. What do you think happens, Nikki? Oh, yeah, you got a high-scoring game. Uh, (laughs) I do think Arizona will win. I have Arizona 27, Minnesota 24, because I think that Arizona is going to slow down Dalvin Cook just a little bit. Okay, okay. Well, that is definitely a recipe to success if you can slow down Dalvin Cook, as we saw from last week, Damien. What do you think? Yeah, I got Arizona 30 to 20. 30 to 20. Okay, so a comfortable win for them, 10 points against Minnesota. Uh, I picked Minnesota to be one of them wildcard teams, starting off 0-2. Come on, guys, let's get it together. So I'll actually be rooting for Minnesota, even though I'm picking Arizona, (laughs) which I hate to do because they're in the NFC West and they're getting better, and it's really starting to piss me off. But, all right, we'll save it for another time. Those Atlanta Falcons, rah, 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 Ziskumbah, you guys suck, man. Get the fuck out of here. All right, they're going over to freaking Tampa Bay. They're going to get the shit beat out of them, 31-13. Lock it in. Bucks, Damien, who do you got? Yes, clank, clank. Lock it in. Tampa Bay, 31, Atlanta, 10. All right, locking that in. And, Nikki, what are you going to do? Oh, I'm locking this one in as well. Tampa Bay 35, Atlanta 24. All right. Oh, man. Triple lock. That means Atlanta's going to win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We all did lock Tampa Bay last week. Did we all lock Tampa Bay against Dallas? I think we did. I think, I think so. so. Yeah. And that, that one. Oh, <laughs> I mean, that really. Look, before we get to the next game. Dak Prescott is freaking awesome, all right? Nikki, yeah. let's just take bias out of everything. Let, let's be real for a minute. Guy coming off, you know, a shoulder injury in the offseason. Mm-hmm. His leg went 40,000 degrees the other way last year, and he comes in there. They know they're not running the ball. They actually called 12 additional running plays that he audibled out of, and he threw the ball all over the place over 400 yards. Amari Cooper looked good. C.D. Lamb looked good. And, and again, without Ezekiel Elliott, they went – into the champs' house where they won the Super Bowl last year, and Nikki, they put up a hell of a fight. You really got to give it to them, and you got to give it a deck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you sound, I can't, you even, I can't even like, talk to her about you. I can't do it. No, I, you can't. I just you sound like Chris Collinsworth. Did you hear him? <laughs> Second play of the game, he was like, "Oh, Dak Prescott. Oh, he looks like he's been playing for twelve weeks. Like, just calm down. Calm down. Like, but okay, he looks look great." He looked great. They look great. They always do. They <laughs> always do. Talk to me at yeah. the end of the season. Let's just see. They always yeah. look great. I know. Yeah. Okay. Losing Lawrence definitely is going to hurt them now on the defensive side. But yeah, Damian, we, I talked about Kyla Murray, you know, week one, like MVP. But 
Dak's going to be in that running too, I think, all year. Yeah, if Dallas can win, he'll definitely be in the conversation. He was really, really good in that game. Uh, I don't like how much he had to throw the ball, but if you're saying that he audibled out of 12 plays, yes, you know that's something that you know is on him. So if he's comfortable throwing that much and there was the strategy against that secondary to throw the ball, he definitely took advantage of that and played well. So, yeah, Dak Prescott, I think, is going to have a phenomenal year. Yeah, and for all you Ezekiel Elliott fantasy owners out there or just fans of the Cowboys, this was the game plan. It was not to run the ball, you know, 25 times or whatever it is. Tampa Bay has the best, if one of the best, if not the best, you know, uh, rushing defenses in the entire league. So the plan was to throw the ball. And you know what? It worked. It's just that you left Tom Brady a little bit too much time at the end. They got down there. They kicked the field goal. Game over. That's the way it goes. But Dallas put up a hell of a fight. And let's talk about their game this weekend as they travel to play the L.A. Chargers in SoFi Stadium, that freaking $48 billion stadium that they built. They spent so much money on shit. Why can't they just give me like a million? Just give me a million dollars. You guys are so <laughs> rich. Just help me out, and I'll give back to the world. Greedy sons of bitches, but whatever. <laughs> awesome stadium out there. Dallas Cowboys traveling to the Chargers, who did go on the road and beat Washington last week. As we just talked about, Dallas put up a really good fight against Tampa Bay. Nikki? What do you think happens here as the Cowboys travel to L.A. to take on the Chargers? Okay, well, I actually do think the Cowboys are going to win. So, okay. all right, you can just get off oh, my back yeah. about it. I just, you know what? I, it's like, it, it's always so much hype. And I get it. I understand it. But, like, it fizzles out to nothing every single year. But in this case, I am taking the Cowboys 33, Chargers 31. Okay, all right. I like that right there. Taking the bias out of it for change. Damien, what you got over here? I am plugging in the Chargers. I got the Chargers. <laughs> 24 or 21. All right. All right. The Chargers looking to go 2-0 and in Damien's eyes, but I see Dak and those guys doing their thing. I think it's going to be a big-time offensive game. I like the Cowboys to win it 30-28, to so I think they get that win on the road and start moving, but it definitely would not surprise me if the Chargers win. I think this would be one of the best games of the weekend I don't know if it's televised or not, but uh, I kind of hope it is, even though I'm an NFL red zone junkie. The NFL red zone is so freaking great. There's no commercials for like seven and a half hours. It's just football, football, football. They show you everything. It's the best channel that was ever created by the universe, by God. It is amazing. There's no commercials. I mean, what more do you want? <laughs> I mean, whatever. It's just the best. It really is. All right, moving on from my uh, insanity over here. The Tennessee Titans, freaking joke. All right, I'm, I'm so sad that I picked them. I want to rewind back a week and do this whole thing over again. They're going to play Seattle, who I do love this year. I got them winning the NFC West. I Guys, I, Seattle's got to win this game at home, I think. I think it'll be a decent game. Tennessee will get back to running the ball a little bit. They'll look better, but – it won't be enough in the end as Russ will cook 29-23. What do you say, Damian? Yeah, I agree with you. I got Seattle winning this game as well. 30-17. Russ will definitely cook. Tyler Lockett. I think DK Metcalf was a good pick for you and Freaky Fantasy as well. I think they both cook. Yep, yep. I think so too. And that's why I got them scoring 29 points, Nikki. I think it'll be enough. What do you say? Yeah, Seattle 29, Tennessee 23. Although, I mean, Tennessee is desperate, but – yeah, I think same score. Yeah. We got the same score, Nikki, 29-23. I love it. You see, great minds do think alike, even though they don't coerce, you know, behind <laughs> the scenes and everything like that. You know, it does happen once in a while. All right, all right. <laughs> all jokes aside, 
We talked about that Kansas City-Baltimore non-rivalry, as Nikki right. pointed out. It's not a freaking rivalry until Baltimore right. actually wins a game. They are at home, Sunday night football. Will they win? Nope. Patrick Mahomes is too damn good, 32-20. to 20. I like the Kansas City Chiefs to win very comfortably, Nikki. Uh, yes, I have Kansas City 31, Baltimore 26. Okay, so it could be a fairly close game, or maybe Baltimore just gets a shitty touchdown at the end. What do you think, Damian? Yeah, I'm going 31 to 24, Kansas City. Kansas City. All right. Kansas City still, that team to beat. You know, you talk about like the Patriots from 07 when Nikki's Giants took them down in the Super Bowl, 18 and 1 forever. But Kansas City is one of those teams, if anybody can go undefeated, you feel like they can as long as they stay healthy. So we all like Kansas City on Sunday night football. Let's get to Monday Night Football, where the Detroit Lions scared me a little bit over the weekend against my 49ers. 0-1, going to Green Bay, 0-1, who had the worst 0-1 of the week, losing 38-3 against Damian Saints. I feel like they got to get back and get right. I think they're going to game plan, get back to work. Aaron Rodgers is going to have to make some sort of announcement in the locker room, like, all right, guys, I'm back. You know, all this shit's behind us, whatever, some sort of crap like that. They should beat Detroit very comfortably on Monday Night Football, 35-17, Damian. Yeah, I'm going 35-20, to 20, Green Bay. Uh, I don't think it's going to be close. Like you said, his team is going to be ready, prepared. Aaron Rodgers is hearing all this talk about how bad he was. He's definitely going to come out with a chip on his shoulder in this one, ready to go. Uh, I think him and his man bun are going to go <laughs> go crazy in this one. <laughs> <moment. laughs> Love it. All right, so two Green Bays in, Nikki. Yeah, yeah, I think this is this is the week that Green Bay bounces back. I have Green Bay 31, Detroit 24. 31-24. All right, yep, I got a 35-17. You know, it could be – look, we never know what's going to happen on any single game any week. You know, obviously we saw last week crazy things happen. Right. You know, yeah. we just – you never, ever know. I mean, that Vegas game – honestly, I'm watching that on Monday Night Football, and I'm thinking Ravens got this thing. There's like no way the Raiders are coming back. But like you said – insanity keep doing that zero blitz sort of thing it's going to burn you eventually and it did a couple of times and it really got them so week one week two week i really feel like guys teams don't find themselves until about week four and then they start either rolling or they start falling one or the other you know so it's going to take a little time for us to figure out who's who in this league and who really belongs is green bay really going to be crap because of what happened with Aaron Rodgers? Is Tennessee really going to be that bad? Is Arizona going to be really that good? Is Cincinnati going to make noise in the AFC North? I mean, we have all these questions. I mean, a lot more questions to talk about. I mean, we saw the, the rookies play this weekend, and I kind of want to close that out on this with you guys. Trey Lance only got in there for a second. Justin Fields got in there for three plays. We saw Trevor Lawrence throw for Three touchdowns, a lot of it in garbage time. Damien, you got your fantasy points with that. Not too bad. I understand it. But um, he did have his rough moments over there. Zach Wilson got better in the second half. Um, and Mac Jones probably, to me, guys, looked the best, looked the most comfortable overall. I kind of like what he did when he threw his first touchdown. He didn't want the ball. He's like, no, get it away from me. I don't know if you guys saw that or not. Like, no. Uh. I don't want That's the ball. kind of weird. Who doesn't want their first touchdown pass ball? I, I think that he's <laughs> trying to channel his inner like Tom Brady or something like that and say, no, I'm going to throw like 500 of these things. So you go ahead. That's more special than the first one. I, like, I would have kept it. Yeah. I would have kept it. I would have kept it. But I found that very interesting. He just like kept his head down. He's like, no, like somebody gave it to him and then he handed it to another player. 
I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like he's growing up really fast. And, you know, again, he's a young kid, so he doesn't know, you know, what's right, what's wrong, you know, necessarily in every situation. Maybe he thought that taking the football would make him look like, oh, I'm standing above the team. Maybe that was going through his head. Yeah. But he's over he's overthinking it. Like may, it's your first touchdown pass. Yeah. Take the ball, take the frame it, do whatever you want to do with it. But yeah. it's your first touchdown pass in the NFL, man. Take the ball. I know. I know. <laughs> I should have taken it. But yeah, I think yeah. like you said, overthinking it. I think that's yeah. what he was doing, you know, being the Patriots quarterback, taking yeah. over for Tom Brady, the legend, you know. You want to look like you're the man and you're stoic or whatever it is, and you're the Patriot yeah. way and all that stuff. But um, like I said, I, I think that out of all the rookie quarterbacks, Damien, I think that he did look the best in week one. Yeah, now he looked really good. Um, as far as Trevor Lawrence, yeah, like you say, it was garbage time. Um, Zach Wilson, he, he didn't have much help out there. Um, it's really hard to kind of judge <laughs> judge him on this one because he had a lot of drop passes out there. Yeah. Offensive line wasn't really doing any favors. Uh, he made some plays that – like some wild plays – after a while, it's like, okay, I see why he was number two overall pick. Um, so I think everybody showed flashes, but like Mac Jones was the most consistent. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin Fields, we've already talked about it, needs to be playing. We don't know why they're doing this. It's, it's dumb. <laughs> like, it's dumb. Like, if he's going, he's going to get beat up. No matter who he plays against, he's going to get beat up. I understand the Rams have this awesome defense. You don't want to ruin yeah. his confidence. If he's good and he's an NFL player, he's not going to ruin his confidence with one bad start. No. Yeah. Like, let him get out there. Let him do his thing. It's And speaking of Jacksonville, just get a hot takeoff. Urban Meyer is not going to make it through the season. I don't, oh. think, I don't think he makes it through the season. I can see him quitting at, like, week seven. He never <laughs> lost, he, he's never lost more than, what, two or three games in a season Yeah, as a coach? Probably since, like, he coached in high school or something way back in the day. So, for him, this is going to be brutal. I don't see him making it through. You lose to the Texans like this, the Texans who had no hope coming into this year. 37 points. Yeah. Yeah, that defense is horrible. And then, you, like, Urban Meyer, there, all the things have gone wrong already. You, you start off by hiring the assistant coach who had the super just baggy background, all the luggage coming with him. Tim Tebow, who had no business being on an NFL field. You got the players and leaks coming out that are already complaining about the relationships with the coach and that he's overmanaging them and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then you go out there and play like that in week one. They're saying that he can't handle losses in the preseason. He's going crazy after losses in the preseason. He's not going to make it through this year. So my prediction is week seven, Urban Meyer's done. Wow. That would be a hell of a call if that actually happens. <laughs> Talking about a rookie coach being out in week seven, just giving up, quitting like, uh, what's his name from Louisville back in the day who went to the Falcons? What's his name? Oh, Petrino? Yes, yeah, he just quit on it. Like, screw all of you guys. I'm freaking out of here. Yeah, that's it. Wait, like that guy who retired at halftime. Remember oh, that? yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Like, yeah. I'm done. Like, peace. The UConn coach quit after week one. He's like, ah, oh, screw this. Clay Helton's out in, like, the second half of the, of the second game in USC. Amazing. But, yeah, Urban Meyer, I, I could picture him just sitting here singing regrets. Uh, I've had a few. Yeah, he's definitely regretting that he went to the NFL. He should have found another college home, maybe gone back to Florida or something like that where he had success. Yeah, that's uh, that's a bunch of bad news. But I do like the way that the ball comes out of Zach Wilson's hand, Nikki. I think that I think he's going to be really good. I do still think that Mac Jones had the best overall. But when you look at Justin Fields, what more do you need to see? They're on the four-yard line. The Rams defense is obviously saying – what is going to happen? 
What kind of RPO are they going to throw at us now? And Fields runs in from four or five yards out and scores an easy touchdown. That's what he brings. That's why he has to start. He brings that dynamic, that motion in the backfield. Who's going to keep the ball? Montgomery? Fields? Or is he going to pop it over the middle to Cole Komet or whatever it is? Andy Dalton can't do any of that shit. The Bears need to win games. Chicago needs to win. Matt Nagy is going to lose his job if he doesn't get Fields in there soon enough. Yeah, well, Matt Nagy doesn't give a shit, I guess. Like, Apparently not. I, I don't know why. Why are we hanging on to Andy Dalton? Why is he playing this week? I just I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So you, you know Maybe what? It's his old team, Cincinnati. That's the only thing I could think of. And then throw him out right after that. No, that's yeah. just – oh, that's so stupid. I me. did hear an interesting theory on it. They're saying oh, that okay. it's a better way for him to keep his job because there's hope. Like there's hope on the bench. So if you're doing bad and you're like, okay, you know, we see us doing bad, but once I get him in here and he's ready, we're going to do better. So they wait until like week eight or week nine. They're already out of the playoff race. They say, oh, now we're going to bring in hope. And then he'll play well to end the season. And like, oh, we end the season on a three-game winning streak. Keep us on for next year and we show you what we really can do. Yeah, I think that might be what they're doing. Okay, that's not that's not too crazy. I mean, stupid yeah. to me, but I guess yeah, it's stupid. But I can understand. <laughs> I can see that being a true theory of why they're doing this. Man, it's it it really is crazy. It's crazy. He comes in, he throws a ten yard pass, he completes a couple of balls, he gets in the end zone. The offense just looked better and more alive with him, like they did in the preseason. So yeah. I love these rookie quarterbacks. Trey Lance is going to get more action, uh, more packages coming in. Uh, I expect Trey, uh, Trevor Lawrence to get better. I mean, look, he was the number one overall pick since he was 12 years old for a reason. So I expect him to get better. He's just in a really rough situation right now. So, Nikki, your quantum leap, Matthew Stafford, did awesome. Uh, Damian, your five touchdowns for 35 yards that Jameis Winston threw, still fantastic quantum leap action. Um, my Sam Donald was way out of left field, but he had a pretty good game. He had a pretty good game, but nothing quantum leap-ish. Yet, yeah, but uh, had a decent game right there. Yeah, so, it was efficient. yeah, it was efficient, exactly. And when you got Christian McCaffrey behind you and you got a couple of good wide receivers, it's all you really have to do. You know, like we talk about Mac Jones, just be efficient, don't turn the ball over to a tongue of Iolova. Be efficient. Don't turn the ball over. That's what a lot of what quarterbacking is. Like when you look at Baker Mayfield, guys, and I know that, you know we're running out of time over here, but Baker Mayfield is, like Damian said, a middle-of-the-road quarterback. But when you have all these amazing pieces around you, all you got to do, Nikki, is the right thing and stay in your lane. I don't. Could you have this conversation with Daniel Jones tonight before <laughs> <laughs> somebody arrange this? I agree with you. I well, just need Daniel Jones. Like, go out and be a game manager. Don't turn the ball over. Just, just yeah. do that. Like, just yeah. do that. Like, do what you can. Like, stop making stupid mistakes. Just do that. I'll be happy. But no, yeah, I mean, look, we've seen Trent Dilfer, Brad Johnson. Eli Manning, all get to the Super Bowl. So, you know, anybody could do it, really, as long as you have a good team around you. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Nikki. I love you. you got to be sorry next week for Knowledge with Nikki. You think you know I, I am. I am. I know. You guys. I, I, I remember. I Listen, I remember. <laughs> oh, that was a perfect shot to end the show, though. Thank you. I appreciate way. it. Not too bad, right? <laughs> Oh, man, much love, much love to my family <laughs> over here. Third and three podcast fam, always going at it every Wednesday night, getting you ready for the Thursday night games and the Sunday and Monday night football. 
It's always craziness. It's always madness. And it's always love. And we love you guys. Chris, thanks for all the shout outs over here. And yes, I love you too. We're with the Colts, man. We want the Colts to win. Let's do it. Nikki, yeah. below deck, all this reality TV stuff. I've been yeah. seeing the tweets. You're rocking it. What's happening, girl? Yeah, no, reality TV, below deck. And then, uh, you know, the Housewives are on a little bit of a uh, pause, but we got Vanderpump Rules coming back on Tuesday night. So yeah. you know, find me on Twitter at Nikki Nick 934. I'll be popping up on some other podcasts probably next week. So, yeah. Yep, she's our promoter. She's our promoter. There's no doubt. Nobody does it better, man. She is doing some things, and we'll talk about it at another time. Behind the scenes, Nikki is really popping off, man. Love it. Absolutely great job, and love love you on the shows, Nikki. You're doing awesome. Everybody wants Nikki on the show. It's amazing. It's amazing. Damien, you got your other own show. You put in hard work, man. I was talking about you over the weekend with our boy L.A. Broadus, bro. Everything, you know, from boxing to basketball to football – Again, you got the knowledge. Again, 80s trivia, again, with your young age, you killed that. You know, you know old school everything. You're the man, bro. The show. Tell them all about it. Oh, thank you so much, man. Yes, the real deal with Damian Adams will be back next week. I'm gonna be I'm gonna try to do it every Monday night. So depending on your time zone, you'll see it either Monday night or Tuesday morning on your podcast feed. So go ahead and subscribe to the real deal with Damian Adams wherever you listen to podcasts. I am switching up top five fridays to my web five wednesdays oh. um, I did, <laughs> yeah i did one today where i'm doing my five takeaways from the previous week in the nfl i call it the web wednesdays because it's the things that stuck to me from the previous week that i have to get out <laughs> oh, i like it you are so smooth operator in the house man look at this guy I, I like will relinquish my hosting duties to Damien from here on out. Damien, <laughs> everything. Nah, I can't quarterback <laughs> like you do it, Jay. Uh, and- uh, I got a bad shoulder, bro. I need you. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, great yeah. time, man. Oh, man. Yeah. Time, so, yeah, man. if you want to see those videos on Instagram, Twitter, go ahead and follow me at The Real Deal WDA. All oh, football, uh, boxing. There's a lot of boxing that's going to be coming up pretty soon. I'm going to be tweeting about that as well. Uh, and, you know, there's going to be some shows coming up soon. We're getting into our season now where the new shows come up. So you'll be seeing me tweeting about like 911, the resident, stuff like that. I'll try to get on my Nikki game and do a little more entertainment yeah. stuff. Get on that Nikki game. Yep. <laughs> All right. I might start sure. to try to join that, uh, you know, that world of TV because I like the show Animal Kingdom. I don't know if that you guys world know. of TV. <laughs> yeah, that world. <laughs> world you know, start tweeting about that instead of just sports. You know, that big box that's in the room. Well, not yeah. a box anymore. Now just a flat thing. If you have a box TV, then you you, know, you need to check yourself. All right. All right. I, I am. Know, yeah, you got a landline, so we don't know what. That's you true. <laughs> I know. I need backup. My cell phone sucks. I swear. To- Let me tell you something. I I was in a neighborhood today. I didn't know where in God's name I was, and I went on the Waze app. I went on Google Maps. This thing was flipping out. It said, "Nope, fuck you. I am not telling you how to get home." I had no idea where I was. I had to find a spot where it would finally get reception. Drove me freaking crazy, man. My phone sucks. Maybe I'll get that Google flip freaking thing that they got going on now. I don't know. But anyway, if you want to follow me, that's your own freaking problem. I'm out at the Sports Profit One. My name is Jason Fearman. Third and Three Podcast is my home. The sports column is our family. Nikki and Damien, my brother and sister forever. I love you guys. Next Wednesday, we're back at it again. Week two picks are in. Freaky Fantasy Draft is in. Let's see who comes out on top next time. We're out of here. Peace. Bye.